Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yep. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success hey everyone and welcome to superhero speak i'm your host dave and john oh hi i'm jd i'm back <laughs> That's... yay the gang's all together again i don't have two weirdos i don't have substitute hosts we're, we're, oh, did, did, you get, did you get abandoned last week? Yes, by both of you. Yes. <laughs> we lost power here twice. Like we had a month on last Sunday, we had a storm come through and we live in Hillbilly Town. So yeah. unincorporated. So power, we lose power. It happens. It just, it happens frequently. Friday, we had tornadoes. You guys see that big line of storms that just stretched oh, all the they, way from... They, it went from Arkansas. Yeah, it went from Arkansas way up to North Dakota. Yeah. And it went through here the like an hour after we finished installing our floors. And we had a tornado in t- it didn't touch down, but we had a funnel cloud. So we were kissing booty in the basement trying to pray to God, do like, do the things you do during a tornado. And about 20 miles north of me, a concert venue was destroyed by a tornado. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty sad when a person died. Damn. But so I'm back. I got power. I got to do something with the sound in my room now because we have we have vinyl plank floors. We got rid of all the carpeting. So I need yep. to do some now that I'm listening to myself, I need to put some throw rugs. And I have padding on my wall, but I think I need a little bit more. I need to have something up over here. So uh, we're a work in progress. I saw your pictures you posted on your floor work. So yeah, they look good. They look yeah. good. My brother and my best friend did most of the work. I'm the big lug who just carries <laughs> things. That's where I'm at my best. At least you admit it, right? Oh, I know it. I, just, I do what I'm told. <laughs> Good soldier. <laughs> All right. So that's, I guess that's how you're doing, JD. Anything new to report or just. That's how I'm doing. With spring break. We had spring break this week and I installed floors. All uh, week. Yeah. Uh, took, took my kid to see a movie. Most schools in Philly are on spring break and this week coming floors. up. Uh, somebody is watching us live. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, I got a Share the notification. Are you making sure that we're live on YouTube? Is that what you're doing there? I usually have it all set up already, but technical difficulties and all. And you get out of practice after being away for a week in Disney World. So I was about to say, (laughs) how was your trip? How was your vacation, John? Being with my sister and her two youngest was priceless. But Disney put a price on it anyway, and it was about Ah, grand. (laughs) You do that. Disney's horrible. Like, things have changed. Okay, so like, old man. Right. So yeah. <laughs> last time I was there, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea was there. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, a few other things that just don't exist anymore. They, the place has changed 
noticeably to just wring money out of you. They gamified the whole system. It used to be you go, you buy your tickets. You, If you got a little bit of money on the side and you want to go faster, you get the fast pass. You're done. The rest of the day, you're just going to the fast pass lines on the rides and you get to go a little faster than the normal lines that are there. Now it's like you'll get a notification saying you have 20 minutes where to buy like a special lightning deal where you can get on a ride much quicker if you want. It's like that whole thing to put pressure on you and pressure on you to buy, to pay an extra hundred bucks to get on a ride fast. It's stupid as hell. No wonder Bob Iger was hired again. Yeah, that was one of the things. Like a lot of people were complaining about how the last guy was running the parks. So I don't remember his name, but yeah, so that's why they got rid of him. But Yet they haven't reversed any of those things yet, have they? No, no, they haven't. And it's tar- horrible because if you get the, there, I said lightning round or lightning whatever before, but there's an actual lightning line or something that you can get into. You can buy it the night before, but you have an hour between which you can go into one of the rides but and get on the quicker line. But in like some of the rides will stop for a little bit. Like the, uh, was it the spring dog, the slinky dog one stopped for a while and we couldn't get in. And then it says, you got to, you've got another hour once it starts to go in. But then you're like, you're trying to juggle that with all the other things that they, all the other things Uh. that you scheduled. Plus like the lightning, the notifications keep getting for you. You've got 10 minutes to get into this lane if you want for to take only 15 minutes in this line instead of 70 minutes. I I just, it just made it almost not fun. And then there's one thing I think that, there's one thing I think that I would notice that I don't think anybody going to the park today would notice. In the Haunted Mansion, when you go into the Haunted Mansion, there's two rooms in the beginning. The first room they used to take you into, give you a spiel about ghosts following you home, blah, blah, blah. The the stretching room. The first room isn't the stretching room. The first room is the welcome room. Then they take you into the stretch room. And then once the stretch room is done, then you go into the ride. The right. reason for that initially was so that you could get your night vision. So oh, that the right. rest of the ride was, you could see everything because they keep the rest of the Haunted Mansion really dark. They just walked us right through the first room into the stretch room. And that went off way quicker than I ever remembered. And then you're into the ride proper and you can barely see anything. <laughs> when was the last time you were there? Before 30 this? years ago, 1991. 1864. Yeah, okay. I was going to yes, say, I, before I, I was like, conceived, I was on that land. That's right. Four um, score and seven years ago, John went to Florida. Actually, we, four score and seven years is the length it takes to get into one of the rides now. Because <laughs> we went there, I think, nine years ago on a family vacation. And uh, yeah, it was like that then. Like they just walked you straight into the stretch room. Yeah, yeah but it's, but also, I mean, there, I can see some of the pressure that they're getting to do because they're dealing with a lot more people. But again, like it's all just, rich, rich organizations, rich families now, because it is so much more expensive. Do you know why the stretch room was originally conceived? The stretch room? No. stretch? Because in California, where the ride originated in Disneyland, all of the actual ride itself is outside of the park. So you're lowering, it's an elevator. You're lowering into the cool. ride. And you don't realize that. And then you, when you step off, you're actually on another level and you're going into the ride in Florida. It's all in it's all in the park, so the room actually stretches up. Huh, yeah, that's interesting. One other thing, I know I'm Kinda. taking a lot of time. I went on the Guardians of the Galaxy ride there. I was at. I had a mild concussion for the next two days. 
Really? You can well, sue. You can it, make a lot it, of money. It, it felt like that. I felt oh. sick for the next two days. Nothing you could prove, but I felt sick for the next two days. I could, I, right after, like, you could a couple hours it. after that, I thought I was feeling better. They took me on the mission. My, my nephews were like, let's go to the mission to Mars. And uh, you got to take the orange side. Okay, whatever that is. You go to the orange side. I, I almost threw up on that, and I could not walk straight after that because the Guardians of the Galaxy, have you, do you guys know about it? Have you heard? No, not it, a thing. Hey, Clint. Hey, Ulysses. Yo, Lizzie. It, <laughs> Yo, Lizzie. You listen, yeah, I like for that. those of you we'll listening. We just got the notification that Ulysses has joined. <laughs> if it wasn't obvious enough, <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy is probably the fastest, most I don't know, vomit-inducing roller coaster I have ever heard of. Uh, okay. You, you are not only going probably like sixty or seventy miles an hour at certain points. Probably not that, but that's what it feels like. But you're also spinning. It's not, and it's not just doing loop de loops. You're also spinning. Your chair is also spinning as well. And I just, if they slowed it down about 30, 40%, you may, because you're, you're going through an entire adventure with the guardians, but you're so busy trying not to be ripped out of your safety cage and trying to hold on to your stomach contents. You're not listening to the, the whole thing and the visuals that are going by you. You're just hanging on for dear life. I just, I, I, maybe I'm old. Okay. Yeah, you are. But the thing is, I don't see how even young people can stand being on that for more than once or twice before literally getting a concussion. That thing was bad. I could not ride anything like that for the next two days at night. I didn't even go back to the park. So we just go home for dinner. You should get a doctor to tell us that you had a concussion and you should file with and get a a settlement. That's, this is what you do. If you have an actual concussion, they can tell, they can tell afterwards with an MRI. Yeah. Yeah. Negligence, man. That's legit. Yeah. But like, I just, so this is a warning for anybody thinking to go to Disney world first, have an extra four grand in your bank account because you're not getting out of there for anything less than that. Just to, in, unless you're like driving two hours to the park every day from some seedy motel, other otherwise, and you still need money for the food. And the food you're not getting out of there for yeah, I was gonna less say, than thirty or forty bucks a plate. That, that's the thing I, people complained about the most was they got rid of the meal plans. Like they yeah. used to. That, wow, I remember I, that. Yeah. When I went on our family vacation, like we got the meal plan, and it was funny because there's no way we would have been able to survive financially if we didn't get that, and it was more than enough food every day included mm-hmm. breakfast not breakfast included lunch and dinner at selected restaurants and then three snacks but the snacks if you just got something in the morning that was your breakfast and it was fine so that's why they didn't do it anymore they're losing money i don't they, think they, they, they weren't making enough all. money that's they were lose that's but dave you don't you got to look at it like a, i like know how evil billionaire that. you're losing money because we're not taking all of yours so therefore right. It's a dollar that goes to someone else and not into the mouse. Yeah, yeah. you're leaving money on the table is what the, the mouse but, doesn't like that shit, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The South Park episode, yeah. Yes, yeah, um, Just I again, I mean, it it sounds I know I'm normally like a negative voice on here about certain things, and I try not to, no. to be that guy anymore. But this didn't leave me with a good feeling in my gut. It's, or, and moths in my wallet. It's it just it, the rides were the rides that were there are still fun. Some most of them, except that they keep trying to make more and more yeah. roller coastery rides, not the more interesting rides, just rides that for people that are adrenaline junkies. Uh, but okay. but between that and the money, 
the constant drain and the lines and all the gamification and the app that they have is horrible. Yeah, I just was not, I can't, I just, I don't know if I'd ever go back there. It just was not enough fun in the end. If I had a kid, I'd take them there once and that's it. We, it's on my list of things to do. I think I should take my son to see Mickey Mouse before he no longer thinks that would be cool. Right. It's on my list. I was going to say my wife and I went to Universal Studios not too long ago, but then I did the math in my head and that was actually in 2008. So it was actually 15 years ago and that was a good time. Now I have to go in a corner and die. Okay. Okay. So hold on. First class, he said Disney World. One, it's expensive. And two, it's expensive. I live in Texas. I guess that rhymed. But then he went on to say, I haven't been to Disney World since 2003 when I was seven. Oh my god, I'm old. Oh my god. You were seven in 2003. I have to go kill myself. I'm so old. Anyway, yeah, so that that was it. Overall, I had a fun time because my nephews were there. But if I were, if now that I've gone, I don't feel the need to ever go there again. And I told my sister, next year we're going to Universal. Why? Because I work for the 800 pound gorilla in the room and I get very good discounts there. Yeah, exactly. I don't blame you on that one. I had a, gr- I had a great time at Universal a decade and a half ago. I imagine it would still be fun. I haven't heard any of the same complaints I hear these days about Disney. And I'm not saying that because I work for the company. I'm just saying that's my experience. Now, when I go, I might say something different. They can't control what I say about it. Classy know, says um, it's okay to be old. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. As long as you have drinky drink. So, yeah. All right. How are you, Dave? How are you doing? I'm all right. I'm first off. I'm thankful that you guys are back, back to normal. No, this week was got great. you out of your comfort zone last week a little bit. It wasn't so much. Obviously, Joey. He's been on the show a few times. I've known Joey for a long time. That wasn't. It was having Scott on, who I have never talked to. <laughs> Scott's a good. Scott is a good podcaster. He's really good. He's at a very good a podcaster. He's very good at keeping a conversation going. He's got a very easy demeanor. I got him hooked up to doing stuff with the Fight Game Network, so and he's done a really yeah, good job. Yeah, he said that. that. He said that he's, too. Yeah, he was, he's thankful for that. So. He's a good dude. I like Scott yeah. a lot. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, hasn't been a very eventful week for me, per se. Other than I have a slight cold, which is annoying. Surprised I didn't walk out of that whole vacation without. Yeah, you know, in Florida, you're lucky you don't have leprosy. I know, right? It's true. Uh, so this is an interesting one. So obviously everyone who watches and listens to the podcast knows that my granddaughter had cancer. She's cancer-free right now. But because of that, then she's getting invited to oh. different charities. They got invited to the White House Easter egg roll. Really? Wow. wow. Yes. It's the Monday after Easter, which I thought was weird. Like, you would think they'd have it the Friday yes. or Saturday before Easter. But no, it's the Monday after Easter this year. So... Yeah, they'll be going down. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah. Are they going to um, fly or are they going to drive down? They're going to drive. It's only a three-hour drive from Philly. Oh, it's, I, didn't realize Philly, I didn't realize it was that close. The East Coast, yeah. everything is so tight together. You get out to the Midwest, it's like Milwaukee to Detroit. It's all oh, that's 12 hours. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. The other thing is, she doesn't watch the search, so she doesn't know I'm letting the cat out of the bag. She's a Make-A-Wish kid now, too, my granddaughter. And obviously the wish is where John just was. They're going to be going to Disney World in October. So Good for them. I'm happy to Didn't she that. wish for a winning lottery ticket, too, to go with that? Yeah. She's a make-a-wish kid. She's not a change probabilities kid. <laughs> she doesn't have a mutant power. Yeah. You can um, but ask. <laughs> other than that, 
I did get caught up on Mandalorian. Oh, I'm week. not. I'm waiting. Uh, I'm going to do three and three. I'm going to do three. Why? No time. I didn't have cable all week. We were putting floors in. Hmm. Darn I it. Didn't I didn't How about you, John? Oh, I'm caught up. You're going to the last episode, JD. That's all I'm going to so say about turned it. Off by the, I was so turned off by the <clears> third episode that it's been hard for me to jump back in. You you uh, need that. Yeah, they're world building. That's going I get to come it, into but play. I don't like world. I don't like when it debones a narrative. It bothers me. And the last episode it, is yeah. definitely setting up for where this whole season's going. And what I'll say is he hasn't chimed in. I guess I don't. So I assume Don's not watching. But I think Don was right. What? So, what did he say? Something about the X Men. No, oh. Mandalore will have a new. We'll have a new leader on Mandalore. Don did say that. Yes. Though I think it's not the person he thinks it's going to be. I still have my drink from the movies. Look at the size of this thing. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And that's from last Thursday? <laughs> no, it's from a couple hours ago. Oh, 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 Don is here. Don is here. Oh, no. Oh, Joey has a Joey agrees with me about the third episode of the third Mandalorian. It was worse than watching Rise of Skywalker a hundred times in a row. Oh, that is not God. true. It was that so boring. True. It was so boring. Yes, Rise of Skywalker was still worse than that. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was. That Rise of Skywalker made me want to retch. This, it wasn't just boring. It was. Are you one of the glue girls from Clueless? It made you want to retch. Mm-hmm. But I'm old. Randy you pick says, up colloquialisms from like sex decades. You're just gonna three years ago. Episode wow. four is badass. So yeah. I'm looking for. I will see that. I like the three and three that I did a couple weeks ago. So I think I'm gonna do that again. Just do a set of six and or a set of three, a set of three, a set of three. Classy says I haven't seen Mando since season one. I just prefer Star Wars to be more realistic, greedy war film. That's not Star Wars though. That's what I'm looking for. And it was close to in Clone Wars, less violent. I don't know, man. Like real. It, I gotta be honest with you, Classy. If you're looking for realism in your science fiction, the thing about the space wizards probably <laughs> not for you. Yeah. Yeah. Star Trek's probably more. And there aren't even, there's really just one Mm. space wizard in Mandalorian. Little green one. So it's just like. True. Yeah. True. That's actually a really good point. Yeah. Which I think was one of the things that makes the show work too. All right. Then I guess that means, guys, we got to move on to social media madness. We have to. Oh, no. (laughs) It is part of the show. We're not going to get rid of it. Excuses, excuses. Yeah, that's what I hear. Been hearing that for five years. Continue. All right, all right. So first, a couple videos, a couple comments on the video from last week. Some guy named Dave said thanks to Joey and Scott for filling in. That guy gets on my nerves. (laughs) (laughs) A mega net level nerd said, I agree, GameStop sucks and is not the gaming industry. I was a manager as well back in the day. Oh, yeah, you missed that whole conversation about GameStop. Oh, my God, because I worked for Funko way before, before that. And then GameStop. Atop111 said, I have no idea. I think it's in another language. So, <laughs> XD Annuncier Cool. All are right, are you not able to read the young one's language now? No, I, I gave up on trying to do that a long time ago. <laughs> the galaxy far away. Let's see what we've got. Drew. Drew, Drew says, yay. Just a general uh, yay. Yeah. Oh, wait. Hold on. I, I missed some comments when I was reading all that stuff. What did Rand- Don say? Don, Don says they're leaning into the prequel series, but you're starting to see how the First Order was such a juggernaut. Well, that's a good point. My brother brought yeah. that up, too, when we were talking about that. He's saying we're setting up for the First Order. And I was kind of like, Ugh, I don't care about the First Order. But if they can make me care, I guess that's okay. It, it's interesting uh, to see 
It's interesting to see why the the New Republic was just bad. Shit. Yeah. Like, it was disappointing it was that it collapsed in less than a generation. I'll be honest with you. Uh, Randy says, everyone needs to catch up on Rebels after episode four. Interesting. Most new governments do, by the way. It yeah, takes, that's true. It takes a... It, t- it takes a, a lot for a government for, to... Uh, remember when Russia tried that whole democracy thing? Didn't take. <laughs> nope, uh, put that back in the bag. Oh, uh, Glassy's responding to you. True, I guess that's my taste, but Disney should have... Should hire, hire me. me. All Star Wars fans will hate me because it's too political. To be fair, all Star Wars fans hate everyone who does anything with their favorite thing. New being Republic a good company. sucks. Oh. The band? <laughs> Too late to apologize. No, he's talking about oh. the New Republic. Oh, yes. So last week, guys, we talked about the first reveal we got of the Harley Quinn Lady Gaga costume look for the movie. Look like Harley see? Quinn. Look like Harley Quinn to me. All right. The crossover podcast said, "All right, I like it." It's a Bernie meme. Random Randy Savage of the Club Forty Five podcast said. They could recreate this scene, X-rate it, and I would still not want to see the movie. And it's Harley Quinn popping out of pastry dough, it looks like. It's a lot. Some, some strong feelings there from Randy about this movie. What's uh, the thing about Randy? Is he like, you never quite know what he thinks about these things. Like, he's always like really low-key with his opinions and never yeah, comes over the top. Yeah, I know, I know. Drew says, I feel like there was way too much politics in the prequels, not enough sequel, not enough in the sequel trilogy. That's something I don't think it's talked about enough is like those were big giant swings in both directions when there probably should have been more middle ground in both of those. I actually agree with him a lot on that one. Kassan said, I am for it. I think too many people put emphasis, emphasis, wow, on the aesthetic of a character rather than the character's arc and the ex- execution of their story. Yes. Looks Looks fine. Mm. Looks are fine. Give me the compelling story and everything else is a non-issue. Yes. I agree. I, I can't disagree with that. We've had so many costumes that were not comic accurate, but I don't know. We had the Matrix X-Men. The Matrixmen. Yeah. Joker 2. Yeah, that's nice. true. Joker 2 is going to save cinema 2024. That is a I, bold statement. As a musical, I don't think so. Bold. Michael Scott, hey, he's from the from the office. He's asking for Bueller. Hi, Mike. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the show. You're going to bomb, and they will blame Lady Gaga. That is true, Randy. They will if it does bomb. They will blame Lady Gaga, but I don't think it's gonna. People really like that movie, except us three. You know what's funny? I love the the political stuff and the prequels trilogy, and I have a kid and still when i was a kid when i was a kid no you didn't love the discussion of trade routes when you were seven yeah come on you understand the discussion of horse hockey (laughs) oh my goodness anyway guess what for you guys i kept social media madness short this week that's it thanks all we had um because we have a few things that we can talk about now that are really interesting. Matrix the, ma- the Matrix Man. The Matrix Man. But what I'm going to say is if you would like to follow us on social media and be part of Social Media Madness and check out some other great podcasts, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. Enjoying the show? Do you want to be part of Social Media Madness? Go ahead and head on over to SuperheroSpeak.com. You'll find all the links you need, episodes of the show, comic reviews by Chris, and other articles we're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, you can also check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45, baby, 
So Wizard Podcast, Fans on Patrol, The Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All Stars, and you're not going to be disappointed. So make sure that you are commenting on our Twitter articles. Be a poignant comment, could be a stupid one. Either way, gives you a chance for Dave to possibly mispronounce your Twitter handle. All right, I've rambled on enough. Let's head back to Dave and the Gents on Superhero Speak. <laughs> oh my god, that was freaking great. I was going to say, hey, Don finally broke and recorded a new one, and then he went and buried Dave's mispronunciations with the final remark. Bravo, sir. That was... <laughs> I forgot to mention at the top of the show, if you're watching this after live, or if you're watching this live, and you are not yet subscribed, do us a favor. Hit that subscribe button right now down below on YouTube and and hit the like button. Leave a comment. It all helps with the algorithm. So, yeah. Uh, you must feed the algorithm or it shall devour us. Yes, and don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerds podcast available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available are, or mispronounce your entire Twitter comment. Oh, my I've, God. Have the vapors. <laughs> you know what? You guys are cruel. Check yes. our chat, by the way. On that note, we are going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back with some news. There some podcasts are like this. The bodies of three hikers were all empty, and their organs were laid out like a Sunday dinner. And some podcasts are like this. You know what? I'm going to tell you why having a large penis ain't always a good thing. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. Nah, this is what you saw. They were drunk as shit, because everybody been drinking. He told a good-ass joke. That made a pussy explode. No, that made her fall into his yeah, chest. Yeah, that's why everything was all shaking and they were yeah, laughing and wrecking. Yeah, because of the vigorous yeah, laughter. That moan you heard, that was just like an uh, airless laugh. Ha 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 ha. When he said he about to come, he meant like with another joke. Yeah, he's about to come up with another joke. <laughs> <laughs> so he's about to bust his gut. <laughs> I'm about to bust a gut. <laughs> <laughs> you are now listening to Call 45. This is Beat 'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also, check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. That ruled. Well done. I really like that commercial. So Randy says he's going to get us a new commercial soon. But you know what, Randy? No, that's good because you're just going to make fun of me in another commercial. That's okay, <laughs> too. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> I will say again, if you have a podcast and you would like us to, and you have a video ad for it, and you would like to, us to feature on the show, please send it over to me at davidsuperherospeak.com and I will make sure to include it in our next episode. All right, did you guys see the breaking news before we get into the stuff I sent in the email? There was a teaser sent for the Blue Beetle movie. I did see that. Yep. Yes. And the Secret Invasion, was it the trailer, dropped tonight. I don't know if it just dropped or it's dropping as we speak, but there are a bunch of watch parties for it when we started. Yeah. I'm interested to see what that's going to do. <laughs> Drew, right. Blue, Blue Beetle Drew looks good, too. It does. Blue Beetle looks good. You had a good comment, boy. I'm glad I put this on headphones before the commercial. I'm in the living room with my father-in-law, wife, daughter, and son. Yes, that's... Sh- one One must be careful where they listen to our friend. We have, never, Savage. Pla- 
We have never claimed to be family entertainment. I'm just saying, yeah. putting that out or, there right now. Or even entertaining, to be quite frank. <laughs> if you cut out all the parts where I'm not speaking, you're probably safe. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all right, so hold on. First Blue Beetle. It looks good, but like yeah. we're also in that trend of the teaser to the teaser. I'm tired of it. Yeah. Just and Warner Brothers me. is the worst one for them. Warner sucks at a lot of things. I have goodwill to this because I really like the Jaime Reyes character. I think the, yeah. that's one of the that's one of the few reinventions of a character that I think has really worked and actually benefited. I know there's a lot of people that truly love <clears throat> like the blue Ted. and gold blue beetle stuff, the Ted Cord. And he's a fun yeah. character, but just I don't know, man. John is in fact the most tame. Drew is correct. Yes. I'm okay. The guy, <laughs> Randy just said the Giver is coming back. And uh, yeah, I never thought about that no. before, but uh, it's very Giver esque. Uh, it is very Giver esque. You've never seen the Giver. Mark Hamill's with, not going to be in this one. I was going to say, if you've never seen the Giver, it's a, a fun little sci fi film with Mark Hamill from the early 90s. Yeah, the uh, second look, one, the second one, the creature effects were much better than the first one. The first I never one, saw the second Giver movie. The second one was actually better. No kidding. Really? Yeah. They, I, the creature effects were way better than the first one. I was gonna the say, costumes were better too. I was going to say the effects looked good, but I mean, it was what a couple seconds. Yeah, really hard to judge based on. I'm basically giving this thing some credit on the goodwill I have for the Blue Beetle property. Yeah, it's funny because it's something I completely forgot about until this hit today. So, I yeah, me too. So, what is that's weird? I forgot about this too because we have this new DC. What are we calling this? DCU, whatever it's calling. I forget what the acronym is for it. Yeah. But better like season two Power Rangers. Yes. <laughs> I don't know where this lies. I don't know where any of this lies in continuities. Who cares? Continuity. They don't care about the continuity. You shouldn't care about the continuity. Yeah, I think continuity is out the window at this point completely. Does Much that like hurt it or, or help it, though? Probably helps it a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, helps it from its current situation or helps it overall? Yes. Guys like me live on continuity, right? Who cares? I mean, Honestly, you're not the, you are not the audience for this film. Yeah, this the audience for this film is going to be twelve year olds that are going to be introducing this Blue Beetle property. They're oh, not selling the, the Shazam effect. They can put themselves in the body of a. Well, I just meant you want because they want to. We want to think about it. Iron Man had a lot of, not a ton of accrued interest based on decades. Like there are Iron Man fans out there, but there are way more Iron Man fans now than there were before. Oh yeah, and they're won over by Iron Man. So I think those are the people you want to get. You want to get people who don't know Blue Beetle kids mostly to fall in love with them. I agree. Iron Man was never no a top tier character. Only in like in the Avengers stories, but like. Now he's that's it. None of yeah. the Avengers were like, and I like the Avengers books. I love Captain America, but they weren't B level. They were B level characters. Like they were A level Marvel characters, but they weren't Spider Man or the X Men. They've always right? been the one. Yeah, and like they Marvel made the most of what they had, and they isn't. I, mean, I don't think we give enough credit to the risk that Marvel Studios took when they just bankrolled the company. They basically mortgaged the future of the company on these movies. Pearl on that Mutter one did. in particular, on Ice, Marvel in particular, I, or, or I, yeah, I, Mar, what, per, Perlmutter did. Oh, oh, we can talk about that. I know we're talk about but this is the one. But this is the one thing you can give him credit for is that he's the one who made that possible by mm. not stopping it. Yes, mm, by yeah, by but, not getting in the way, and but by knowing the man knew how to make money. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. He also knew how not to spend it. Cheap son of a bitch. That said, I think right. that this Blue Beetle thing could be a lot of fun. I want to see more, a bigger trailer, but... Well, that's tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so eh, we'll see. Uh, on first glance, yeah, looks fine. By the way, by to by tomorrow, us uh, saying tomorrow, that means Monday. We're recording this on Sunday. 
April second. We're live, yeah. man. We're yeah, live. Yeah. There are currently people I, well, watching. I know, us. but when we but people are watching. <laughs> I just want to make sure when people watch us on like Wednesday or Thursday. DC uh, hasn't cared about continuity at all. How does Suicide Squad two live up with and Peacemaker? That wasn't. Yeah, none that wasn't of these Dave's are in the sacred timeline. That wasn't Dave's butchering of a comment. That was actually how it was written. So I got you on that yeah. one, Dave. That Here's was the thing. Correct. Here's the thing. DC never cares about continuity, and when they try to care about continuity, they make it worse. Yeah, as true, any DC true. fan will tell you, whenever DC tries to get their continuity in line, they well, it doesn't work. Clancy here says it's going to be DCU after the Flash restarts the universe, but we don't even know if that's true at this well, point. Well, it's true because we still have a, another Batman and a separate Joker okay, wait. in right, two so different universes. On, even after well, that, true and. I, it, Randy did say we could call it the DCMU, and I'm pretty sure he means the M is for multi, the DC multi-universe. Mm, the multiverse. Yeah. This is so confusing. They're just, but, they're just for on DC. That is an actual quick. concept in the comic books. It too. is. You got, the, you got a multiverse, and then you have a multiverse of multiverses. For 52. I, I think yeah. we're still, I don't even know if we're still at 52 anymore. There's multiverse no, no. in DC. No, it's not, not 52. It's like they consider that the DC and the, and the Marvel universes, or DC multiverse and mcu multiverse are two multiverses within a much larger set of multiverse that's how they explain the crossovers between dc and marvel uh, and, and that sort of thing oh. like the one above all and whatever god is in the dc universe are like just in charge of their multiverse wow <laughs> randy says wow. no one is going to watch this later it's for Savage. the audio listeners damn bro Maybe john is going to throw the whole continuity in the, in the trash. trash. I never thought that was possible, but he's keeping his own stuff. Like Pe- John Cena's coming back as Peacemaker, right? You mean his wife is coming back as what? What's her face? So it was like, why are people so on him for putting his wife in the movie? I don't under for putting his wife and stuff. I don't understand that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. It's not. But it's, it's like not a thing. It's not just you. But it's not just you. I see this everywhere. Like she's not a bad actress. It's not like no, she's not. Like in yeah, she's easy on the eyes, but I think people go way over the top about that whole. Thing. And no, she's many... good at that char- as that character. Yeah, hardcore, she is hardcore, right? That's hardcore. Yeah, she's she. Yeah, I mean, like she is that character. And there's many filmmakers who've done stuff like that. But he's one of those guys. Yeah, and, yeah. Ron Howard cast his brother and stuff all the time. James Gunn also casts his brother and stuff all the time. Like I think Sam Raimi, a little hard on that. Sam Raimi, man, Ted Raimi would have no career. Neither would Bruce Campbell because <laughs> yeah. she's hot. She is hot. So I'm just gonna say that. Blame the Snyder cults. That's actually probably true. You're actually again say when you're reading something off of the Happy Wife, Happy Life. He spoke for married men. Yeah, so that's accurate. Podcast says employed wife, happy home. More accurate. Oh. Anyway, real quick, speaking of DC, this is a rumor, so I didn't bring it for Oof. news. But since oh. we're on on this, since we're live, you can throw his curveballs. Continue. Apparently, there have been previews of the Aquaman movie, you know, oh, yeah. test audiences, yeah. and they're all saying it's terrible. That's what I'm hearing, too. And first off, the weird thing is, right, like, where does Aquaman fit into after the, because that comes out after Flash. And if it's booting the universe... Where does that fit? Does anyone going to care? Yeah, I think the I think that movie's dead on arrival at this point. Honestly, I think it, according to the trailer I saw today, it leaves him in the next Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> How could they screw that up so badly? It was one of the only movies. Was it? Movie. Was Aquaman a good movie, or was it just like? 
the only fun movie that came out, and so we all gave it a little bit of a pass. I think it was fun, that. and like it gave us an yeah. over-the-top live-action Black Manta that we were shocked by. They gave us the tall helmet with the laser beam eyes, and no one thought they were going to do it, but they did it. Well, it was a good Mira, too, at least on screen. Forget about what she did off-screen, but yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, how could they have screwed that up, though? Ugh. Randy says, fun, explodey movie. It wasn't. And you need that sometimes. Fun movie exploding. Like, I enjoyed Black Adam for that reason. It was a fun, explodey movie. It was, like <laughs> a dumb, it was like a dumb jock movie, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. Main character, you can't get more jock. Dumb jock. That. Yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty accurate, yes. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, wait. Classy says... I love the Aquaman movie. It's my top 10 best comic book movies. Wow. Really? Pretty high praise there. That is high praise. I never it was fun, though. Just, it's, oh, it's fun. It's not bad. I like, I really, that they gave Aquaman and Mira that Tracy Hepburn dynamic to them. That was, I didn't foresee that. And I honestly, I think it's the best thing Amber Heard's ever been in. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately. It's, she's not very good. <laughs> no. Well, Especially in the witness stand. <laughs> No comment. That's a whole nother can of worms. People give Jennifer Holland shit for being hot, but she's way she's a way better actress than what's her name? May ever heard. Thank you very much. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, you're right. She is, she is. And she I wasn't like dissing I wasn't using you, but but that is a, a meme, if you will. Classy says Amber Heard is hot and I won't don't deny it. Yeah, she is. She's fantastic to look at. That's um, yeah. the definition of an looking does not mean that you're a good actress. Uh, no, it's but it's I, that's always been the case with in film, John. There's, I know. Like, the history of cinema is littered with really pretty people who are really bad at their job. Right. Yes. And she's part of a tradition. Then you get you like go. Holland, who is actually good. She is good. She's a good actress. And there's tons of good actresses that just don't get a break. And she's in a good spot. Good for her. Speaking of people who aren't in a good spot. Uh-oh. So Disney, oh. Disney has now absorbed Marvel Entertainment. They're no longer a separate entity. That's interesting. And dismisses Chairman Ike Perlmutter. Um, the witch is dead. The witch. <laughs> Ding, Perlmutter is another is one of those people that, like, what he's the reason that we got Inhumans. He's the reason. Yes. He's the reason that the TV Marvel Universe stayed the TV Marvel Universe and didn't cross over because. He and Feige, well, he was the problem, not Feige. Yeah. So for those of you guys who aren't aware of this, Ike Perlmutter basically took over Marvel Comics when it was on when it was in bankruptcy in the late 90s, came from Toy Biz with AVR and all that. And this was the most penny-pinching bitch. Like, they were taking the water coolers out of Marvel Comics office. They were sharing paper clips. Like, the late 90s Marvel was so dire when it came to what they were spending like and not being yeah. allowed but he set them up like his decisions are what allowed marvel to branch out when i say branch out in the late 90s marvel was yeah in the late mid to late 90s marvel was hiring other studios to work on their stuff famously there was a series called heroes reborn where they were all your avengers and the fantastic four and anything that wasn't spider-man or x-men were put into pocket universes and it was run by the image guys basically that was their comeback, and it all sucked. Yeah, it was all bad, 
it did give us Kurt Busiek and George Perez in the Avengers. Eventually, that's great. But what it also did was it opened the door for Casada and Paul Miani to come over with their imprint. And they took over Marvel Knights. And that is what put Marvel back on the right track. It was getting say. Joe Casada there. Like, what failed with Jim Lee and all those guys worked. And it saved Marvel creatively and economically and put them in the pos- and got them going in the position that they're in now. But they also kept themselves going by that. This is how we got the fragmentation, right? With selling the rights to the Fantastic Four and everything. So, yeah, but that was uh, that's something they've always done. That that predates yeah. Thrillmutter. Like Stan Lee was doing that stuff in the eighties, just trying to get stuff made. And in that era, he was definitely spearheading that because again, Perlmutter Satan selling Spider-Man to Sony and the fan and the X-Men to 20th Century Fox essentially saved Marvel Comics. It gave them the collateral to stay in existence. Drew says Marvel Knights Spider-Man started amazingly. Yeah, Mark Miller. Mark Miller, big idea guy, really hard yeah. on the landing guy. Kevin Smith, Daredevil, I think is a really fun run, to be honest with you. I like that. Yeah. I love Christopher it. Priest on Black Panther. Good stuff. Good comics right there. Yes. Yeah, we talked about that with him when we interviewed him. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? Yeah, he did some good stuff. He did some really bad stuff. Did um, a lot of bad stuff. More bad. Way more bad. Yeah, way, way more bad. I would say he put them in a position where that they wound up that they were okay in. It wasn't like he had any creative genius to do that. He was a butthead, and they I, managed I, to work. I read one article that, that basically posited that if he'd gotten his way, <clears throat> we would currently be discussing how the MCU went down in flames after he fired Feige. Because <laughs> he did. He yeah, which he wanted to do that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I feel like that's the whole thing. This is Disney saying. Feige's our guy to lead where Disney's going. Yeah. At Disney, Marvel's going. He helped, yeah, but-, but that's this is a long time coming. And this is what happens when you get those big, these big mergers and these big corporate acquisition acquisitions, excuse me, is yeah. eventually these guys become redundant and they get dropped. I'm, I, honestly, I'm more amazed it took as long as it did. That's because they, they brought back, shoot, what's his face? CEO of Disney. Um, Iger. Yeah, Iger. They brought yeah. back Iger. Iger, and Iger gets shit done. Iger like, gets shit. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah Bob Iger is the man. Say we yeah. might not like him, but he is the man. Hey, the Secret Invasion trailer is dropped. We should watch it live and get kicked off of YouTube. We can. We can. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next time we should really set that up with OBS. It just we happened, can, man. I'm, I'm just rolling with the punches. We can, yeah, I, don't, we can, I don't know how you add in a separate feed into. You don't. We don't because, like he said, we would get kicked off. We could of kick off of YouTube. YouTube is horrible with that. We could record our reactions. We can just listen. We can just watch the trailer and react to it as it goes on. You guys like this behind how the sausage is made of the live streaming? <laughs> I like sausage. We're having a production meeting on the air. Yeah, we shouldn't be doing this. The, the, the scuttlebutt is that that Iger. That Iger walked in, looked around, and decided, no, nope, promoter's out. It was like the scene. Quick. It was like the scene in Half Baked. Fuck you. You're gone. Fuck, Fuck yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. I like. Have a yeah. nice day. But, but, it, but with reason now. Obviously, with reason. Again, because promoter is basically everything that's completely failed has is, is been from promoter. No, Randy, that does not happen. Edit the show? Come on, man. That's what I came here for. Drew came here for sausage. <laughs> Sausage is good. It makes the best pizza. Oh I'm from Chicago. A good Italian sausage is the best. Why do I you need get that with the marinara and the bread? It's fantastic. But here's a question, right? What does this mean for the publishing of the books? Right, because he was in charge. Well, that's a good question, actually, because they basically say Marvel is redundant. And I don't know what that means. I don't think the people 
I don't think the people at Marvel can be feeling great. Like at first, it's one of those, "Yay, is the devil we know better than the devil we don't?" Exactly. I don't know. I don't know. In- interesting point of view here. Something that just clicked in my head. Disney's getting into anime now. Most of anime, the only reason for it is to get you into the mangas so that you'll buy all the mangas. Mm-hmm. See the rest, the rest of, you know, what you're missing from just the short little anime. Same thing would work with comic books. I don't know why they would get rid of the comic books. I, I, it's a I don't, lo- they, I don't It's not exactly they, a loss leader. It's a leader, it but is, not a loss leader. It is a loss leader. Publishing. Uh, this one's things Andy Schmidt taught us in comic books. No, no, the movies. The movies. The movies. No, leader. yeah. The movies. The loss leader is comic. The comics are IP. They're, I, they're IP farms. You, you see what works in the comics. and Because publishing of the publishing business in general loses money these days. It just does. It's just expensive. Yeah. Comics are a very expensive meat. Which – and. This is why things are constantly moving, why you don't get series that go a long time anymore, why there's constantly you – know, like we pisses guys like us off that have been doing this for a long time and reading it. But it's hard to make money in comics like for these – the way it is. The value is in the IP, right? The value yeah. is in the TV show. The value is in the movie. Like you just got to experiment and see works like Spider-Verse. That's a perfect example. Spider-Verse – was a miniseries that Dan Slott created with Spider-Man and it worked and they reshaped it and launched an IP, launched a whole nother thing off it. So that's the value of publishing today as far as comics goes, like ma- major corporate comics anyway. Again, in 2022, and again, like the business process is, you put out an anime with like maybe the first arc of a manga and then you sell manga. In 2022... The market size for manga was $12.13 billion. Now, granted, that's three Marvel movies, but still, that's nothing to sneeze at. So if Disney's getting into manga anime, maybe this is, maybe they find synergies or whatever and so it's, make it's it work though. somehow like that. I think Classy has a good point here. Yeah. Comics oh, are now $5 a piece and they're 22 to 32 pages. The economics of a com- I love comics, but I can't afford to read them. This is why pirate and it's like piracy goes up because you want to read comics and it's but it's expensive. Like it's expensive. Like it's a, it's an expensive hobby. And I don't know how you afford it more basically. Marvel mangas. <laughs> Marvel mangas. Right, but the but standard for manga is manga is eight bucks a book. Of course you get way more manga's than... different though. Yeah, manga's I know, different. I know. It's black and white, there's big thick volumes, like it's more economic. True. And it's also different. Like it, in Japan, you go on a bus, you're going to see a bunch of people reading manga. Comics have never quite had that level of penetration right. with adults in the U.S. Like we're at the- that's a, Yeah, that's a societal thing. Because it's America a societal still thing. still look, yeah. looks at that as children's Stupid. stuff, whereas an actual art medium in Japan. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, with the sausage penetration. I hate, Drew says, oh. I hate the Spider-Verse comic. Keep Spider-Girl out of your comics. You're no Del Faco? DeFalco. 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 Oh, another guy who's been on the show, Dave. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, it didn't bother. I like the Spider-Verse. It's good to see him. Oh, Frosty. Hey, what's up, gang? Just got back from C2E2. Thought I'd see you there, Jenny. Yeah, I couldn't make C2E2 this year. The wife told me over spring break, because it was spring break week, we are putting in new floors. So yeah. I spent my week putting in new floors and was not – it was bad because we went in the summer. We went to C2E2 when they did the summer show. I, I, I was hoping they would keep it in the summer and not move it back into the spring because this is not a great time of year for me personally. So it was a bummer that we couldn't go, and my kid is not happy with me because he wanted to go back and get more wrestler autographs and dress up 
and he had because he had a blast when we went to C2E2 in the summertime. So, so I've always wanted to go C2E2. I've heard it's one of the more fun. Yeah, it's fun. It's last fun year was like a rebuilding year, or the yeah, the last summer one was like a rebuilding con. I'm curious to see Frosty. How was the show? Tell me, put in the chat. See what. Tell us how it was. Classy says manga is everywhere in Japan. Lots of signs and posters all over Tokyo. They embrace the otaku culture. They do. It's just it's yeah. totally different over there. But it's a like different they, culture. It is a different culture. Like it's just different. Japan's cool, but it's cool because it's different. But we are slowly changing how we look at that stuff because who doesn't know who Iron Man is now? You're, you're right, but uh, Americans don't read books. Like getting into comics right? is going to be a problem. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the education like, system in, but, in states. Hey, man, right I'm a teacher. They thought I, 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 there, there was a belief that putting the movies out would boost the comic sales, and it really didn't. But I also feel part of the problem with that was the movies at the time weren't reflecting what was going on in the books. True. Yeah, but then when does a movie actually you look at the Harry Potter movies and the Harry Potter books and they track, but not really. Yeah, a lot of look at the Lord of the Rings and how much was cut out of those movies, but they're still good movies. So hmm. we need to embrace the nerd culture and the nerd. Says, oh wait, we need says Ulysses. We need to embrace the nerd culture and needs to be everywhere in America. 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 And then they're supposed to be like, you're supposed to be shooting guns and a. Uh, is that how like, it is? America. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm going to roll coal now. <laughs> Back to Perlmutter. It'll be interesting to see if this does affect the the publishing. I, who knows? Oh, Frosty says C2E2 is really nice. Chris Evans and the small cast were exiting. Oh, that's cool. We're exiting? Cool. Exciting Exhi- means? Exhibiting? Exhi- I don't know. Exciting. I assume that's a typo. I assume that's a typo. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's cool. I've, I don't know. I'm not a big, I'm not big on the autographs with what I spent to get my son CM Punk's autograph. I never will be an autograph guy. Exciting. Yeah, I thought that was it. I don't care for, I've never been, I just never been an autograph guy. For, yeah. Uh, After Don, I, I went and got, uh, what's your name? Who played Agent Carter? Hollow. Haley Atwell. Haley Atwell. Atwell. Yeah. After I went through the rigmarole of getting her autograph at one of the wizard worlds back then back back in the yeah. day uh, yeah it's like you get five seconds you don't even get to say hi when before you're being pushed out by the agent so well, to be the, fair they don't want to talk to you anyway so this, this is the quote of the podcast <laughs> and what's Don. the point yeah i you're not their friend you're just gonna give them money for their autograph it's a transaction you embrace mm-hmm. the nerd culture but i was born in it molded by it you gotta do it like bane i embrace the mold culture i <laughs> You gotta talk like Tom Hardy. <laughs> After about an hour, that was a bit much. I thought it was yeah. cool at first, but that first hour in Batman Forever or Batman, what was that? Movie? Dark Knight Rises. You're like, okay, what the fuck? Yeah, I um, it's funny. I real quick autographs. I haven't paid for an autograph. Well, I've paid for two autographs in my life, and that was before, way years ago before I started volunteering. And then I've never paid for one since. You then. Know, if you substitute the word autograph for sex, this conversation is much funnier. <laughs> I only paid for sex the first time I had it. All right, come on now. Hey, at least you admit it. Wait, how about you, John? When was the first time you paid for sex? You know what? Speaking, let's, speaking of paying for it, Depender and Blind Out. Let's, be, let's be honest. Let's be honest. We pay for sex every time we have it as men, in some way or another. Hey, my yeah, wife's I'm the bread. Touching... My wife's the breadwinner, not me. <laughs> I'm not touching this with a ten foot pole. Oh, that's what she said. That's damn it, Dave. <laughs> uh, my job. Well, I knew it as soon as it came out. I knew- all right, oh, all I right. bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. God damn Deadpool it. 3 is coming out. Napa. And it has been announced, officially announced. 
that Dupenda and Blind Al will be returning. The same. I'm sorry, I just read Brady's comment. <laughs> God, I'd love to pay for Haley at autograph. <laughs> <laughs> that whole thing is a sh- is an episode title right there. I don't get it, but I don't care. <laughs> oh my god! How do you not get it? We just made the. Jo- oh, I guess we're I know. Along. Yeah, we know John doesn't get it. He's a lonely man. All right. As I was saying, <laughs> Depender and Blind Out will be officially back for Deadpool three, which is I think that's a good thing because yeah. even now it's now under the Marvel Disney umbrella. They're bringing back everyone. So I, it, to me, it makes it sound like. Ryan Reynolds is still having a lot of creative control over this. It's not going to be dictated by Feige. If it- He's going to have to make up a lot of goodwill after Mint Mobile. So <laughs> for he us, made a, lot, Mint Mobile. Made a lot of made a lot of money on that. Did that Ryan Reynolds? No, yeah, he did. Marathon. But after selling oh, yeah. it, un- as we're going up against the big guys until they offer me enough money, and then I'm selling out. Where? That's what you do. That's the American way, and he's Canadian, so it doesn't even matter. It's the Canadian way. Poor Ryan. He's just poor. Act. No, no, no. Never say oh, poor uh, Ryan. Very wealthy Ryan. The, the man has as like multi-generational wealth at this point. Generational yeah. wealth and a hot wife. That is the Canadian dream. Is it? Oh, cool. I Better so. than the American dream, I think. He's what he succeeded. All right. All right. Eh? I think we need to move to Canada. Dumb game. All right. Back your bags. We're leaving tonight. Two so- tickets to paradise. Are we excited for Deadpool three? Sure, I need to see a trailer. Yeah. In concept, in concept, sure. Yeah, sounds great. I want to see something to get real excited because right now it's like Schrodinger's movie. Like it exists, but it doesn't exist. So I just want to see something. Well, what we're all thinking of is that okay, like even if Ryan Reynolds is in charge of it, how how much interference would Disney play into it? Why would they put in any? They bought when you buy. And this is what Disney usually does. That's right? true. You buy, yeah, Paradise is Canada for sure. You buy something, and if it works, you let it run. That's what they've done with Marvel. That's what yeah. Disney did with Marvel. That's right? not what anybody does. You let it that's, run. No, like, I, no you're, that's you're, exactly you're, what these companies look at almost any trilogy of movies. Like most of them fail because but that's the not first business. one does great, and then the and then the executives go, oh, you have to put this in the next one because blah blah but blah. But that, that's not what I'm talking about here. You when you buy like when a company buys and this is in this case 20th Century Fox I'm talking about here. 20th Century Fox was purchased by Disney. When yeah. Disney's Disney has a tendency, like most major companies, you purchase something and it works, you let them yeah. run it. You just let them run it underneath you. They are and, the smartest about that. And yes. Deadpool the movie the Deadpool movies they were they made money. Yeah. They kept Fox solvent for a number of years. I think they're going to let him do his thing. I really do. Yeah. All right. And then uh, this feels like it's... He might not be getting pegged. I think the movie will still work. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think I do think a cool joke would be like when he curses, beeping it out, and then him being like, damn what? Disney. Yeah, that'd be. I'm sure they'll do something like that to play into it. And it'll be yeah. funny. They'll make a joke out of it. He'll make fun of Disney. There's it no will. way that's not going to happen. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Going sure, back, Disney will love it. Going back to the restructuring. Yeah, because of- <laughs> every joke will give them another billion dollars. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry, Dave, go ahead. Oh, can I speak now? Okay. Also, speak no, no. Speak the now restru- or forever hold your peace. The restructuring and getting your rid peace. of Perlmutter and comics tying into the movies. I feel that this is related. Blade yeah. is oh. getting an ongoing title, which he hasn't had for some time. So they're bringing him back into the books. And the, I believe, my opinion is that's connected because the upcoming Blade movie. Could be. 
That too, you got to keep. You got to have a series come out every so often, so you keep that IP fresh. The trademark. True. You, you want that trademark out there. You got to put a Blade series out, so you keep the trademark nice and warm. Yeah. Will it work? Yeah. Yeah, probably get ten issues. Not a whole. Do you year? think it's possible? Twelve. Good? What's that? Do you think it is possible to do a good job? It depends on the creative team. Do they announce the creative team? Let's see. Hold on. I did not read the full article. It is. Um, blah, 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 blah. This is just talking That's about who the character is. Brian, Brian, Hill. Ooh, Brian Hill's a good writer. Yeah. And and not uh, Elena Casagrande. Not familiar with her work, but uh, Neither. yeah, Brian Hill is a good writer. Yeah, he's so. a good writer. I'm more intrigued by that. I like Brian Hill's stuff. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Is it going to be... Now, here's the real question. Are they going to... Because this Blade always tends to straddle that line, and it's tough. Are they going to steer into this as a horror title, or are they going to go try to integrate into the MC, into the 616? I, my guess would be trying to integrate it more into the 616 eh. so that help integrate him more into the Marvel Universe in the movies. I think that Blade works best being Blade. Like a Blade series, a Blade should be a horror title. It should be him fighting vampires and shit. They should They've, work that into okay. Werewolf by Night. Like, Classy says, it looks character. like Marvel is, kind of did. Marvel's going to recon right. Peter as a mutant. They tried that right. before. We'll they see. tried that before and it didn't work. I don't think they're going to do that. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. I don't know why they would do that. Although Marvel does weird things sometimes. It never. Whenever they try to do something stupid with Peter, you just have to. Hello. You just have to remember that it's not going to stick, and they'll give it back. They'll change yeah. it back. Never works. So. Never works. And then the last article again, another Marvel thing. So we all saw Avatar two, right, guys? No. Okay. But Josh Friedman <laughs> and the who, crowd goes wild. Who wrote Avatar two has been tapped. To write the Fantastic Four reboot. What do we think? Try not to. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things like... Avatar yeah. 2 has a... The, the plot line has a hell of a lot of problems. I was going to say, I, I heard people mocking the movie. But it's camera. Here's the thing, though. When you're... when you, People give writers too much credit and blame when it comes to Hollywood. You're doing a job, right? And you're doing yeah. what the director slash producer, in this case, Cameron, who's a megalomaniac, wants. True. He's not shaping. He didn't shape the story of Avatar 2. Cameron gave him a series Bible and said, write this. I don't have the time. That's all he is. He just did a, he just do a job. Doesn't, it doesn't say one thing or the other. So it's, I don't want to put, I don't want to base my expectations for what something can be on what a guy did working for James Cameron of all people. True. I give. Yeah. I can't disagree with that. I really can't disagree with that. Yeah. How many like, Movies have been written by someone like, I want to know, Goyer, where one movie is like really good, mm-hmm. decent, and then another one is crap. And Yeah, you're serving the needs of the producer. You're doing right. what they want you to do. Unless it's something you wrote on spec, that's your baby. But that's becoming less and less frequent. Yeah. So especially when it comes to these things, like he's going to get hired. He's, they're going to tell him what they want. And if they don't, and what they're going to do anyway, because this is just what Hollywood does, is they're going to hire three more people to rewrite them. Man, that's, we love this yeah. script. Now, who can we bring in to rewrite it? That that's is just, the other thing, right? That's like, yeah, what they do. They'll rewrite it a bunch of times. <sighs> All right, good. guys, that is... Oh, do you have something to say, John? Yeah, this is why the book is always better than the movie. Yeah, I'll Not agree with always. that. Most of the time. Nine times out of ten. Nine times out of That is all the news. So I'm going to say, again, if you're watching this and you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and click that subscribe button down below. Give us a, give us a comment. We greatly appreciate it. So we're going to take a quick commercial break. 
and we'll be right back with our main topic. In the eerie world of deep, dark dungeons, mystery and magic seem real. There's good against evil with advanced Dungeons and Dragons action figures. War Duke, Kellogg, Strongheart, and Bronze Dragon, each sold separately. Beware, Strongheart. You will cast an evil spell and steal the treasure. Whoa, evil is no match for good. The treasure is safe. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons action figures. Kellogg, War Duke, Bronze Dragon, Strongheart, each sold separately from LJN. After these messages, we'll be right back. Be gone, evil, evil. Can I tell you? Can I tell you a quick story? Sure. I worked in Walden Books back in 1990 and 89. Oh, for the younger ones watching this, a bookstore was a store where you could go, where they actually had books in the store you could buy. They still um, have those. Barnes and Noble still exists. I know. This um, is weird. I okay, guess. wait. But Don said his uncle had those toys, but his mom said no. Yeah. So here's the thing. I'm in I'm Duke working World. I've been working I'm working Walden the books. They come out with second with Dungeons and Dragons second edition. So we're uh-huh. put, so I'm putting up a big display for second edition. And a woman comes over to me and says, Don't you know what you're doing? That's Satan's work. <laughs> there was they're, they called that's, it the Satanic that's aisle Panic. Six, oh, yeah, I, Satanic I, Panic of the 80s. Re, oh, yeah, yeah, remember that? They're like, it, that's, that was like the last gasp. It did move into the early 90s, too. But the, but people, there there were a lot of religious groups that were like, this promotes Satan. Just like they're doing now with the Harry Potter books, actually. But the, one of the casualties of that was the original Deities and Demigods book from Dungeons & Dragons. It had actual stats for Satan... Beelzebub and all these <laughs> other things. And the backlash from the religious groups was so bad that they took those out. And now if you could find a copy of Deities and Demigods with those that stuff in it, it's worth thousands of dollars because... That's, that is so funny because one of the guys that we played with all the time had that book and we weren't interested in using any See, I got, of See, I got the second printing, so I, it doesn't have those in it. So it's just worth what it's worth, which is still a lot because it's a very old book that not a lot of people had at the time. But so sure. obviously we're here to talk about the Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves movie. Not gonna let me drop in the Tom Hanks made for TV movie where he killed somebody because he played Dungeons and Dragons. Okay, fine. For those watching, the bookcase behind me, almost every book is Dungeons and Dragons. I was accused for being a devil worshiper in middle school for playing D&D in the 90s. Yeah. Don, yep. Kassan, you might be right, but a writer can see where the plot doesn't make sense oh you're back on that it took a while to, to comment it's on sense uh, <laughs> where either fix it or bring it up if you put your name to something you take all the credit good or bad you do take all the credit good or bad but that's the thing though is you're doing a job if you're you can bring it up but they say no we want x then you just you either walk or you get paid it's a job like Classy doesn't understand D and D. Really sad. Yu-Gi-Oh. I don't understand D and D. That I was going to ask you guys that co- that toy was for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. There, so first there were the three days. Manila. First there was the three Manila uh, oh rule books that came out. History in the lesson 70s, from John, which I have on the third shelf over there. Then came the original Red Box set, which was Dungeons and Dragons up to twentieth level. And back then, if That's you were magic, you were an elf. Set. 
if you were a dwarf, yes. you were a fighter. Like the, your, the your race, race was the class. Your class, yes. Then, and then they came out with the blue box set, which was for peop- for characters that were over 20th level. And then after Advanced. that, they came out with Advanced Dungeons & Dragons, uh, which right. which changed things a little, brought into the world Thacko, which I'm not even going to Armor explain. Class Zero. Yes. What you had to roll hit armor class zero. But that was the very first edition that branched out where you could pick a human thief or a human mage instead of, oh, you're a mage, you're an elf. And that's when it really started to take off. And then after that, there was second edition. And then after that, there was third edition. And then there was 3.5, which everybody loved. And then there's four, there was fourth edition, which we don't talk about. And then there's fifth edition, which is currently out now. And nobody sees a reason why there should ever be a sixth edition. All right. So anyway, I don't know what the fuck you just said. I think they made I asked, was there a difference? All I said, was there a difference? And yes would have sufficed. So let's put it this way, right? Like, they came out with a game with a set of rules, but once people bought the book who wants to play it, that's it. They're done. They can't make any more. So then they come up with the next version, then the next version, then the advanced version. Then they Why come did, up with second edition. They market those particular toys to kids, like six, seven-year-olds in the early 80s. Why was that marketed as advanced Dungeons and Dragons rather than just Dungeons and Dragons? Because advanced Dungeons and Dragons was the next version after the original blue uh, and red box sets. Then why because, was the cartoon called Dungeons and Dragons? Because so that's of just a general, set. and that's just the general. Yeah, there's that, actually a good everything. Video. All of this is called Dungeons and Dragons. It, just think of advanced Dungeons and Dragons as basically think Dungeons of, and Dragons. There 1. is a 0. really good video on Toy mm-hmm. Galaxy that oh, explains I'll check the difference between. Between the toys and the game and the cartoon. I will actually watch that immediately more done with the show because Toy Galaxy rules as a, as a thing. It's like Super Nintendo. Don, thank you. That actually, you broke that down very simply and I can go, oh, that's a touchstone. I can make sense of that. There you go. Thank you. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> it's more. <laughs> I'm sorry. And Kassan is correct. Each version, they were getting better and better at offering customizations of characters right up to three version 3.5 where you could have feats where you could have a big warrior but you get to third level and you can pick a feat and one of them's great cleave so if you hit one guy and kill him you can keep going with the swing and kill more people and then and then hasbro got involved and version 4.0 was written specifically so that the rules could also be easily converted into code for the video games and it was horrible and nobody liked it and it was it got too complex, so they came out with five, which simplified everything, but isn't as exciting as 3.5. Like, in 3.5, every character role is going to be heroic. In five, in five, it's hard to... It takes a while to build that up. So people skip over four. Nobody really liked it. And again, like, Hasbro has been doing a lot of bad stuff. I'm surprised that this movie was so good considering how much interference Hasbro has been committing with the the Wizards of the Coast side of stuff. You're checking your phone. I am so boring right now. Right. I see. I'm turning off my Wi-Fi on my phone because... It, You're both was, checking your phones and I'm talking. It's like, that's perfect. Because I was getting a warning that the, my internet connection was low on, on my laptop. I was getting a warning that my brain was shutting down. All yeah, right. Bro, I your think... brain had a low voltage. Oh my God. There's low so voltage. Much- so many comments. Low signal. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm so out of my element here. That like, I'm just uh, so, gonna. Oh so God! Like 
There, we have some super nerds in the chat here. Look at Aiden Weaver. <laughs> Chief TC apologist, ten minutes history lesson. It's like, like it's only ten minutes. All right, Tyrus <laughs> back in my days. Yeah. Let's talk about Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves, the movie we're here to talk about. So first off, just like some quick information I always like to give: box office as of this moment, domestically thirty-eight point five million, international thirty-three million, seventy-one point five altogether. How much did it cost? Do we have that number? So this one fifty. Yeah. Yeah, that with the CGI, that makes sense. CGI was pretty good. That's they said it beat industry productions, like it, it beat the projections for the week, which is good, but uh, still ways to go. Till yeah, word of mouth. It the thing is, word of yeah, mouth on. is really starting to take so, off, considering the last three movies were crap. Ro- there were three. Ro- there were four Dungeons and Dragons movies. <laughs> this is God the fourth. damn it, JD. Why did I ask that question? <sighs> Real quick, but it's ro- all started with no guy <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes. It got the critics is a 91%, audience score is a 93%. Good. And then we did a little Twitter poll over on our Twitter at we're at superheroes speak over on Twitter. And we asked, what did you think of Dungeons and Dragons? Results will be discussed on the next episode. I gave them four choices. Best D movie ever. It was good. It was meh. Hated it. Overwhelmingly at 50% was best D&D movie ever. Which isn't saying much, considering. Followed but... by It Was Good at 19.4%. It Was Meh at 16 and then Hated It at 13. 13.9%. 13% hated it? Yeah. Some people you can't make happy with anything. But, uh, yeah. There's some, there there are people? a couple those, comments. Those were the zealots, so the religious zealots. Like something that promotes Satan. Okay, hold on. A couple comments here. The Blind Rat a.k.a. the joyous stoic, said, I'd be willing to bet a lot of money on the people who voted that they hated the movie, never even saw it. Random that comment, with every movie, though. Random comment said, I love that, it's a movie I'd love to see be good, but the trailer made it look too silly to bother with, at least in the theater. Uh, Randy oh. Savage said, you need another option? Out of money watching movies, waiting till payday to watch. And Kassan said, it was great. It held its weight against bigger brands with a great story and just the right amount of comedy and heart. So you were going to say, okay. oh. it was also the first one that was actually true to the actual game instead of some executive saying, eh, write a fantasy novel and we'll just slap the Dungeons and Dragons name on it. That is so fascinating to me that you said that this is actually accurate to the game, because that's something I was wondering as I was watching this, because I felt watching the, again, <clears throat> as I clearly showcased, I don't have any touchstone to Dungeons and Dragons other than the 80s cartoon series that I watched, you know, casually as a kid. They were in this I caught movie. it. I caught it, okay, too. Okay. I caught yeah. it, too. I was going to wait till we got to that scene in the movie. Yeah, but I saw it. Yeah, we're spoiler-free still here. Spoiler-free still. No, but I really, as a guy who does not know the game at all, I didn't feel... I didn't feel like they were talking down to me or trying to sell me on a game or giving me any, I didn't, if there was any like game stuff, it went over my head completely and not in a way that turned me off to the movie. Cause I thought this was a lot of fun. Okay. Okay. So here's a perfect question for you, JD. Okay. At any time, you know how, when they'll make a movie and it builds a nostalgia, they'll do those scenes where it's, Hey, we did the thing. We did the thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Did you ever feel like any of those scenes were like that? Not a one. 
Perfect. I don't because I don't have those touchstones. So for me, they none of them. Mm-hmm. Were, the only one I had was the one that we were just talking about. And right, I went, but, so, but most of the time, a movie when it builds a nostalgia, yeah, or yeah, yeah, like they'll it. do the they'll do they'll they'll do the thing, and then it's almost like the characters turn to the screen and say, "See, we did the thing." Yeah, and, and like, that's the thing. Those I wouldn't catch that anyway, though, because I don't know though. Like I don't have those touchstones. So they all of those, if they were there, they went all went over my head, with the exception of the thing at the end. So. Well, it was fine for me. Did All they right. do that? Did they do that? Do, what? Did, did, they, like what did you they said, what? they embraced the example. Oh, they co- completely, completely embraced the fandom. Like, oh, like cool. they, they, every everything that was nearly accurate to the game, there were a couple, not missteps, just creative license. But it was so true to the game otherwise that fan, guys who have been playing since 1976, like me, are like, You're old. yeah. <laughs> That's really cool that, oh, because I did, oh, sorry, Dave. Fun fact, the game came out in 1974 yep. when I was born, so I'm the same age as Dungeons & Dragons. Cool. Nice. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't to, know where to go with that. I was a DM I'm by 78, so. I'm just trying to be a part of the show. That's all. <laughs> no, I just think it was cool that they, I did not feel like, as a complete outsider, we went to this movie because my guys, my little guys, like, that looks fun. And I went, this does look fun. I, I At no point did I feel, and I thought to myself, oh man, that's really cool that Hollywood made a, a good, just original movie. And I went, no, they didn't. This is a property. And like, it, it, I had to tell myself that in the middle of the movie because I just, I got caught up in the story. And I did right. feel like there's a really good story. All right. So, can I, so I was going to say I real quick. Okay. okay. We can get into all this. No, there's all just right. one more. Yeah, I know. There's just one more spoiler free observation, if that's okay. All right. All right. All right okay. The movie was structured almost exactly like a D&D game. In a normal D&D game, you have player characters, which are the people like us, and then you have a dungeon master who basically is the storyteller and God, who you tell him what you're going to do, and he tells you the consequences. And then you have the NPCs, or non-player characters, who are just the people that God puts around this, around the world to either give you the details or set up traps or whatever, like they're the ones that give you the exposition when you need it to move the plot of the game forward. If you watch the movie with that in mind, all of the people that weren't the four main characters were all very toast and expositional and very bland. Whereas the player characters were the ones that were always quipping and making jokes and Sometimes doing stuff that seem that seem things that would break continuity or break break the game rules, right? Like they would do it, one of the, one of the, one of the most fun things about Dungeons and Dragons is when you're playing. If you're a character, if you mess up the DM's plan, because a, a, a dungeon master has a plan, they're taking you through a story. And if you're supposed to stay in, this happened in a game with me. If you're supposed to stay in jail and somebody rolls a natural twenty twice in a row and breaks the jail bars and gets out, the story is completely foobar. So now you have to come up with something off the cuff. So the movie is exactly like, why JD is dying here. He's Wake up, JD. just want to talk about a movie. Um, I know, right. but that's the thing. It, that's, I don't know, it's something, it's right. something. No, it's really, that's really cool, John, that they're able to do that because like a layman like me that has zero clue what's going on, all I see is just normal beats of a story, right? Mm-hmm. Character exposition, like character A has a goal. This is what's in his way, which I guess plays into 
the reason why Dungeons and Dragons has always worked so well because it does play upon traditional storytelling elements. So your point of view is going to be more important because it's you're mine. the Rube going in. No, <laughs> I'm yeah, a Rube. No, you're, I'm a Rube. You're, you're the Rube going in. You don't know anything about this. So mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting. You, you, go ahead, Dave. Let's move forward. Dave's going to die. <laughs> I know. Oh, Dave hey, left his own show. <laughs> you're the one that wanted us to do this. And I, hey, you again, us. every book in that bookcase behind me is Dungeons and Dragons. Made a mistake. <laughs> All right. So let's start by how we always do non-spoiler. What did you think when you after you watched the movie? What did you think about it? JD, you can go first. I think you already I, expressed it, I, but I liked it. There you go. <laughs> was John? that too hard? <laughs> John, can you say this in less than 300 sentences? That, oh, I, 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 no. I what, were you, what was your, oh. your initial thought coming out of the theater? John? I was ecstatic. I was happy. The not it wasn't just the fan in me and the guy who's been a DM since 78. It was just it was also a good movie, I think. It was fun. Frosty says yeah. 299 cents. Yeah, All yeah, right. Yeah. I, uh, my initial thoughts coming out was that I really enjoyed it. It was predictable, but yet I still really enjoyed the ride that I didn't care about how predictable it was. Yeah, it was really good. I can't argue with the audience score and the critic score. This is a good movie and if you haven't seen it yet, go out and see it. If you're watching us right now or you're listening and you haven't seen the movie, we're going to get into spoilers if John hasn't ruined this conversation for you yet. So you can bail now and come back later after you see the movie. But otherwise, here we go. I don't think I so, said anything up until now that was actually spoiled, right? Yeah, I love, first off, I loved the setup. I love them telling a story. He's, you realize the main character, what's the character's name? Ed. Chris, what? Mm. Ed. Oh, yeah. Ed. Is, he's in jail. He's telling the story of how he got there. Like, we're getting exposition that's setting it up. And then they keep talking about the one Jonathan. They, Jonathan's like, waiting for Jonathan. Why is waiting Jonathan? for Jonathan? Where's Jonathan waiting for Jonathan? And they use Jonathan because he's a half bird, half man. I won't, I won't get technical, John. Bird. Uh, they use him to break out through the window and fly out. And then that's when the movie starts. It's I thought that was really good. What did you guys think? Great inciting incident. Like, because again, I was like, oh, this is going to be very exposition-y heavy. But they made it work. I think this movie does not work without Chris Pine. He's always been such a charming actor. And that when you have a film that can be so impenetrable to yeah. an outsider, what's more important than anything is relatable characters. And I think that's what really makes this movie work is the four lead characters are so damn relatable. Yeah. And casting Hugh Grant as a villain is you get, you know, exactly what you're going to get with him immediately. Like it was, this was a well cast. So that, yeah. I was going to say that too. Like obviously Chris Pine or Ed being. And calling him Ed and calling him Ed, quite frankly, yeah. is an easy touchstone to Instead get Edgin or Edwin or whatever yeah, his name is. To was. get a yeah. noob, a rube, whatever you want to call me, like me invested. Cause I can get invested in a dude named Ed. Yeah. My brother's name's Ed. And then the other thing was again, father with a daughter as a widower like oh yeah i'm emotionally invested right there boom you've got me i'm hooked for the rest of this movie yeah and let's be honest as soon as they said you grant was a con man you knew he was going to be somehow the villain yeah yeah how about you perfect, john perfect casting did you like this setup I, I this setup was a perfect 
it's, it's a something. D setup. It's something. It's yeah, something Master a dungeon telling, master would come up with. The dungeon master is telling you how you got to the point where this, where the adventure begins. Yeah, that's exactly what that was too. And by the way, Jonathan was, I believe, a Kenku. We're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of that. I recognize bird, bird dude. Yeah, bird dude. Yes. Okay, um, I'm gonna. I, I want to say something because they've they have expanded so much since the game came out. But did you know? Tell me I about mean, it. I've got like sure, at least five different monsters. I'm sure John there. knows this. JD, did you know that a oh, lot right. of the original Dungeons and Dragons characters, creatures, and whatnot were based on Tolkien's writings? No, but I can see that. Yeah. Except for um... well, the... Go ahead. go ahead, John. No, go ahead. I'll shut my mouth. It's just funny. John is so excited to talk about this <laughs> stuff. It can tell the passion is just like literally like resonating off of you in this one. It's humorous. I'm not no, saying I, I took a word for word, but it's obviously... Was no, inspired. it's very... Yeah. I think that Tolkien has had such a huge impact on fantasy writing in general. I think it's hard not to have those type of things. Makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Kassan Ward says Jonathan was an Arakorka. I think. God, I can't even pronounce that. That was not... I don't. I forget if that was an official one for a while or an unofficial one for a while and then became an official later. So, yeah, Kassan... Her- Bird dude. <sighs> Bird dude. And in D&D, elves are, tic- tic- are normally shorter than humans, not taller. <coughs> but uh, says that's but why. otherwise, they were. it's the same thing, nature-based and all that. To be that's- fair, Tolkien's the only person who's ever had an elf taller than a human. True. And that's the thing. And then elves are tall in D, so it was just like, yeah. Hmm. Like, you, you can see the influence there. Elves aren't tall in D. That's the thing. Elves are, are okay, now I'm confused. Are elf newbie? Like layman, are elves tall in D and D? Yes or no? no? They they were. Well, you guys have been conflicting. Okay, you guys are conflicting on this. So no, but in later on they. Dave is not buying you. By the way, I later, know where Dave later is on they expanded the elven races to high elf and yeah, that's forest elf and whatever. Of. And the high elves are tall, like Tolkien elves. They are basically the Tolkien elves, but otherwise, I'm going to leave. The originally, if you look at the original Red Box edition. And beyond, elves are normally shorter. Thank you, Don. Thank Don you, is Don. just getting, Don is cutting to the core of stuff tonight. I need you here, Don. I'm not going to make it to this episode without you. Uh, <laughs> All right. He's a translator. I need it. I need it. I'm just like, I don't know what we're talking about this week. All I know is I saw a fun movie. Chris Pine's really good. He Michelle is Green really is good. Good casting. <clears throat> this, yeah, Dave, continue. <laughs> so we like this. Better. So again, yeah, I agree with what John is saying, though, because that does feel like a D&D setup. The way they bring us into this movie and then now you've got the two characters and they have to rebuild the party the adventuring D party to go and get the stuff they need to get the resurrection stone the mulligan that's a basic D campaign you got to get this thing to to finish the goal that you want to do right yeah, and the, the the trick they did with the the hither thither and the painting and all that is classic. We've screwed the DM's plot up, so now we have to come up with something creative to do what we need to do. Like that right. whole heist scene was just beautiful and very well done. That was just that was one of the best heist scenes I've ever seen. You know what I liked about this movie is like they really boiled it. It could be so easy to be lost in the minutiae of all this, right? Because they're like listening to John, there's so much to draw from. And it could right. be really easy. But it's a heist move, right? That's what it was at its core. This was a heist move. And Most that's what they campaigns did. campaigns are heist moves. And that's heist but that's what's cool about it. Like this <laughs> I'm watching this movie, like this is structured like a Ocean's Eleven. Right. 
we build the team, we go steal the thing. Right. And stealing the thing got us in trouble. Mm. Now we got to get out of trouble because we mm. fucked up stealing the thing. Bastard, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. So I'm like, oh, this is fun. And actually, I look, I jokingly said to myself, oh, this is like the Blues Brothers. Even the Blues Brothers is structured like a high school movie. So yep. that's, again, like, I, this was a really tricky script to write. Because you have to pay so much fan service and you have to dumb it down for the dorks like me that don't know, that just want to see a movie. And they kept that, they walked that fine line so well, where I so, never felt like an outsider watching this thing. So one which of the is things I, great. Uh, yeah, fantastic. Which just goes I, to show you, this is literally the best Dungeons & Dragons movie. Sorry, Dave. One I, I will take your word for that. One of the mm-hmm. things I would like to really say about this movie is it succeeds where Shazam Fury of the Gods failed. Yeah, I agree with that. We have a team movie. We have four very well-defined characters, mm-hmm. main characters, where Shazam failed to do that. Oh, know? yeah. Like the whole Shazam family was no like one had an arc. amorphous. Nobody but Billy and Freddie had They're- an arc. They were doing the Shyamalan thing. We'll give them one character treat and that's, that's it. But And again, I blame Jeff Johns for that because there's too damn many of them. Like, I'm still shocked that this is that we're stuck with this for the for what Shazam is when Shazam is such a simple concept in and of itself. We're not that's two weeks ago show. But again, like this is a great example of how you make a ton of stuff work for your narrative rather than letting it bog down your narrative. And there was tons of info dump in shazam that i didn't feel at all in this movie and there's someone there's various times people are narrating at you not to you but at you and and this and this would be the movie where you would normally get info dump because so much history behind this like they're mentioning characters like elminster and mordenkin like morning kind of that was like that's that's like ancient d lore to us or even just like right over my head like yeah. one that using Boulder's Gate and Neverwinter, which are modules. Icewind Dale was introduced Icewind right Dale. in the beginning. It's, oh my God, I played those games. <laughs> the modules you can play within the into the pre, pre-done campaigns. And they're also Bioware just, games, which were some of the best Dungeons and Dragons right. games. Right, them as the names of the places was brilliant in this. That's cool. See, again, for me, that's just the name of a city. That is really neat. That that's again, this is a, it's a really it's a really smart script, and they could have drowned themselves like i said they could have really buried themselves in all this stuff and, and they, they didn't they play it to strengths because again i think at the i think at the end of the day movies work best when they're about the stories in general work best when they're about people and this was a movie about four people yeah and it's is with everyone has super relate again it's easy to get it's easy to lose yourself in the world building they have everyone has very relatable goals Right. Everyone wants something that's very simple to understand. And that makes it work. And they had a good like how many people really hated Forge? Hugh Grant's character. Who's now okay, little personal history here. You don't like Hugh Grant? You have personal beef with Hugh Grant. No, no, I don't. Oh no, I haven't talked to my daughter in seven years now. Trying to make jokes serious on me. So when when this guy is stealing Chris Pine, Edgin's daughter away. I'm, I, wow, wanted to kill the guy. So, but anybody, any normal person without my situation probably would have felt the same way. It's like, you steal somebody's daughter away? Oh, you're trash. That's it. It's hard to make a bad guy that you can really, like, really hate and therefore connect with. 
This they even had a good bad guy in this. And it know? wasn't like a scenery chewing bad guy. Oh, uh, like the like previous a wizard. Ones. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, it wasn't just like a, I don't know. Like the you have an evil red wizard, but she's not the driver of the story. Like she is, but no. she's she's not like the villain. Hugh right. Grant is the villain. Forge, which again I don't like his name because I kept thinking of the X Men. I'm sure Don was in the same boat as me. Yeah, um, I got that too. Actually, yeah, it was hard. But, thing. Every time I said Forge, I'm like, mm. but Hugh Grant. Great casting, completely despicable, but that's but it worked, and that's what works too because they all have a common enemy in this guy, and then they become friends from having to go on this adventure together. And I think it, it like it works. You can't fault it. So I'm going to ask. There was a lot of characters in this movie. Who was your favorite character in the movie? I'll go first. Chris Pine <laughs> is the best character, right? I think he's the most well-rounded character. He's got the most to do. He carries the movie. Yeah. Um, I like Sophia Lillis because I just like her. She's really good in it. She has the least to do, but I find that I just found her interesting on the whole. I found her, I think she's really good. She's, she's really subdued in her performance here. And she's got like the most over the top character I found. So I really liked the two of them. <clears throat> Michelle Rodriguez she, is really good too. I don't know. I think everybody was good. Like they put out good performances, but I think, I don't think this movie works without Chris Pine. Yeah. No, I agree with that. How about you, John? Sophia Lillis was able to, like like you said, JD, mm. like more subtle performance and yet get across her emotions, which yeah. is really cool. Other than that, yeah, again, this doesn't work for Chris Pine. Like I just agree with everybody in that. And Michelle Rodriguez is just awesome. She's great, <laughs> yeah. I liked was it J. John Page as Zenk? Because and again, this goes from the fact that I'm a DD player. Mark. He was the epitome of every expositional, really freaking annoying paladin that i have ever played with so first off even marky mark from so wizard said the paladin was my favorite of mine i always played a paladin so i loved yeah that to me was like that was the epitome of what a paladin is supposed to be and it was like and they use him as the npc to help further the story and have the so he's such the epitome of the character it works and it's yeah yeah that 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 and paladins in Dungeons and Dragons are basically there to screw up all of your plans. No. No, seriously. If you've got if you've captured somebody and you need to interrogate them, the paladin is the one that's sitting there saying, You can't hurt them because my God says that everybody's a person, blah, blah, blah. Like they, they're all the one always the ones that screw up your plans because you're yeah, it's I've run campaigns where the character was, oh, Sir Silver Sword, why don't you come over here? Yeah, we're going to go out and get some groceries. Okay. And then while he's gone, that's when you break the guy's kneecaps to get the information. <laughs> the, uh, Paladin. What kind of game is this? <laughs> no, well, it's wait, Dungeons John and Dragons. plays it. It's a very it's, mafioso. It's Dungeons and Dragons. It's like but you it's, do it's what you need to get like, the job done. But the thing is that Paladins are always, <laughs> the uh, most of the time, they're have, lawful they're, good. And, first off, they have a set of rules they have to follow. And if they or else their the god get mad, gets they mad lose, at them and they lose them their abilities. Anymore. They have special yeah. abilities. But I will say this: they have changed it in the latest rules. You don't have to be lawful good all the time anymore. No, there were paladins that could have been lawful evil too, but they were always lawful, which meant that they were always yeah. constrained by rules. You know what my kid's favorite scene in the whole movie was? <laughs> oh, yeah. what? That's interesting. What? This is interesting. Do you know what his favorite part of the whole movie was? The resurrections. Oh God! They were interrogating him with the resurrection. They were, and I think that's what I think. This is what really makes the movie work: is that it's fun. 
There's a lot of jokes, but they work with the story. Did you stay for the after credit scene, the mid credit no, scene. The mid credit scene I saw where he was still, yeah, he was still there. That, that was made, it. That made me laugh. I had a hunch that was coming around. That was yeah. hilarious. That was and, I liked it. And again, those scenes are a perfect example of what a DM would do if <laughs> the characters had pissed off, pissed him off by breaking his plot. Because because that's what you do. Like wh- one of the biggest rules that every character knows, every player character knows in Dungeons and Dragons is never make a wish. Because the DM will twist that wish into something that will just either kill your character outright or make you wish you never played the game. Just, it's like a monkey's paw, right? So I never want that, to play a campaign that you're a DM on. <laughs> you can, DMs can be nice, but also I don't but, feel that you but, are. <laughs> but if you have a if you have a if you have a problem character, that's exactly that first the first que- set of questions. That is exactly what a DM who had a, a problem character, I love, a problem player, I love, I love, I, was w- would do to him. Would be like oh, that. He was like, "Yes, we're, oh, we're, he's we're, gone." We're, you you asked your sixth question, but I didn't ask anything. I was asking him. Nope, sorry, we're in the you were in the vicinity, and he answered the question. So just really fun. We're in interesting territory here. The concept of a tro- what did you say? What kind of character? A what? Me? You what? said uh-huh. no, John. You said a, a player character or a, a no a troublemaker. A troublemaking, or, yeah, a troublemaking character player. Yeah, I've had troublemaking yeah, somebody players. Somebody who's like messing up your story. I love that. In my mind, the DM creates an archetype, like an, an architecture for a story, and then the characters are supposed to bring it to life. Not With, within reason, but sometimes you get somebody who plays the game that you didn't know had a, let's say, colorful personality. And they decided that like either they're rules lawyers and they're ruining the game for everybody else. Or they're just like messing with you. And at that point, you just have to remind them that, hey, the DM is God. So literally, why would you piss off God? <laughs> so John, you should start a YouTube yeah. game night. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. So anyway, back to the movie. What was your favorite scene, John? I'm, okay. So first, again, we're in spoiler territory. So yeah. they come around the corner in the labyrinth. And there are the original adventures from the Dungeons and Dragons animated show from the, from back in the nineties. That was really cool. Other than that, the the dragon, the fat it? dragon, Themberchod. That's Themberchod. Right. That's an actual dragon in Dungeons. There's very few named dragons in Dungeons and Dragons. Themberchod is one of the named ones. Usually, He's it's the, the great worms that are named. Yeah, yeah. Usually, it's Tiamat and Bahamut and a few what? others. I'm just making dumb jokes. So I had a case of gray worms once. It wasn't fun. <laughs> no, that Demerchad is the dragon that ate the other dragons <laughs> because it just, yeah. it was funny to see a chunky dragon. <laughs> it, it was. It's funny. Like, obviously they picked him for the humor of him being fat. Yeah. But I, I actually watched somebody online do a video reaction to the movie and he was complaining about it. And he goes, right. well, I've never been a D&D guy. I've never played the game. So then you don't get it. You're not right. on the inside of that. that was- and he said it was the only dragon. No, it wasn't the only dragon in the movie. There was- we had a couple of dragons. We had a couple of dragons. Right. And we had the stone dragon at the end. So it's... Yeah. But they got- That's the other thing. They got them right. Because in Dungeons & Dragons, every colored <laughs> dragon has a different breath weapon. Yes. The, fir- the first one was a black dragon. So it was spitting it's- acid breath. Thumberchod's a red dragon, which means so he it's spits fire. fire. So it was nice. And the, the other dragon was just an the, the animated statue, rock yeah. dragon. So, yeah. So, fine. Yeah, I know. It's hilarious, JD, but it's just... I'm just listening, man. I'm merely 
an observer on this podcast. But it, I love is the fact so that you so you I. still loved the movie. I did, and didn't get the didn't get the hint that it was constantly doing fan service to you. No, which no, normally I, is really apparent, even if you don't know what the. Fans I mean, are. I loved was like the they used the my the creatures that you don't think about. And other, they're really oh, the displacer beasts and the gelatinous cubes. The displacer and... beasts, the gelatinous cubes, and the mimics. It's the like mimic. oh, the mimic. That's unless awesome. you've played D and D games, you don't know these creatures. They're not used in a lot of other lore, but it's like it's cool to see it. The mimic was the chest that tried to eat the one character, JD. Yeah. Oh, because it's, it looks like a <laughs> treasure chest. Oh, the treasure chest with the Lovecraftian tongue. Yeah, out of it. yeah, that's so an actual monster in Dungeons and Dragons. So is the gelatinous. So is the yeah. gelatinous cube, and it's so made fun of by people who play the game. But yet they showed no. This thing is really deadly. If you get caught in it, you're gonna die. Yeah. And the owl bear. Owl bear was cool. that. That is one of yeah. Thanks, classic. This is Chief um, DC apologist D and D talk. Yeah, um, Chief D and D apologist. But the, the owl bear in the beginning, like that's one of my favorite scenes right I'm there. I'm officially changing your title to D and D expert. <laughs> Great. Okay. Shall we talk about Ivar's black tentacles now? Because <laughs> all the spells were accurate. What do too. you want to do with those tentacles, John? <laughs> no, not anime tentacles. <laughs> anyway, you were saying about the owl bear. Yeah, about the, that first scene where it's like, oh, is that's her tied to the tree? She's I, about to lose her. It's, no, that's not her. And then I loved, she's the I horse. Love that, that was that awesome. I love that introduction of her. Right, because yeah. it is. You think she's the one tied to the chair. No, she's the owlbear. It's like, okay, that makes, that works. It was such a great way to do yeah. that. Yeah. Now, owlbear is not one of the things you can turn into as the oh fifth level spell. <laughs> Druid spell, <laughs> but uh, that's okay. We're gonna give a pass on that because we got to see an owl bear too. <laughs> Did you say tentacles? No, okay. classy. Okay, no, they showed the spell black tentacles in this, but the original spell that was based off of was Evard black tentacles from the Forgotten Realms expansion book. For I. think think it was for for the second ed, or no that's second edition yeah for second edition or or was it advanced i forget which one either advanced or a second edition there was a forgotten realms and forgotten realms is the name of the world too but there was a expansion book and it had Ivar's black tentacles in it which i used to destroy a, D, a dm's plot once so my favorite scene i yes. think was the when they were trying to put this the painting into the carriage to get that the was painting. brilliant it, it was blocked the special effects are amazing like the physics even though you're it's a dnd magic thing going on the physics makes sense where like the painting is dragging along on the ground and they're like hanging in the thing i think the only thing with the physics is the it seemed like it was going too slow past them like they had all this time and they could see the caravan they could see them in the on the hill sticking in there where they would have been way past them at that point but other than that, I thought it was I thought it was really well done. One of the best scenes like that I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. There was also that one joke where the guards look up at the top of the hill and they saw one guy trying to get the other one out of the painting, but they didn't realize that and it looked kind of risque. Yes. <laughs> it looked a little Someone... risque. That was hilarious. Yeah, speaking of sausage. Uh... Little sausaging. <laughs> little sausaging. <laughs> little sausaging. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This funny. This movie hit you guys on such a different level than it hit me. It's crazy. I'm like, I never, I, of course, I would never pick I'm, up any of this stuff. It's just, it's 
crazy to me. I'm watching that scene thinking, like, how does this play? If you were playing the game, right? Like, how does this play out? Because you're like, all the roles for all the saves that you're trying to make, like, not falling and getting run over by the carriage. And, like, that, they would have taken an hour <laughs> out of the game to to make that work playing the game like it was i know but i've had i've had players that have come up with really complex things like that like the whole point i in the early 90s i ran as a dm i ran a game for a youth group and the whole point was to teach them tactics uh-huh. We I went over stuff with Clausewitz on war and Sun Tzu's art of war and it it was just teaching them how to deal with curveballs in life sometimes it and that's the kind of creative thinking you want to see. So yeah, it would take two. I that, I'd say that would take an entire afternoon for them to work their way through that scene. But but yeah, but that was really creative. And I just this movie just was awesome. So, I actually think I should have got we should have gotten JD's score on this before we started explaining all this movie. Oh, I had a better time in the movie than I did <laughs> right now. I'll tell you that. Right, let me ask you. Let me ask you this. Let's get back oh, to the movie. I'm, let's I'm get away from. Fun. Let's get out of the nerd talk. Okay, this is your superhero speak. Let me get rid of the nerd talk. We did say okay. So a lot of stuff's predictable in this movie, right? You Grant being the villain. We saw that coming. I think. Agree with me or disagree with me? Good. I think the end of the movie is very predictable. Oh, with her using the pendant that, that makes her disappear to solve it. Yeah, yeah it was fine. No, not that. That someone in the party was going to get hurt, and the tablet oh. wasn't going to be used to bring the wife back. The tablet. Was um, be used. I, I had a hunch the tablet just it's a MacGuffin. I had a hunch the tablet would not be used. I actually thought he would come to his senses and not bring his wife back because mainly because I'm looking at this from typical literary. But when I saw what was happening, I went, "Oh, okay, yeah." I knew that they were never going to bring the wife back because you just you just don't do that. You never do that. And again, it's her mom. That's I love that sequence by the way, yeah. where he realizes that he's been trying to bring back her mother, but her mother has been there the whole time. Yeah. Right? I thought that was yeah. beautiful. I thought that was beautiful storytelling. I really did. But it's things on top of all the other the technical writing that just made this. Really no, it's the human. It's like I said, it's the yeah. humanity. This movie is way more human than I felt that was going to be. And that probably should have been like, it was sometimes I think these movies go too much in the direction of fan service. And right. then you, you don't get the normies. You don't get the people who aren't invested. Me, I don't, I would, I, if we never did this show and I wouldn't have known none of the stuff you guys have talked about, my opinion this way doesn't change one because it right. was a good, it was a good story. No, no, I agree. Which leads to my question is, was there anything in the movie that did surprise you? That surprised me? But yeah, seeing the 80s Dungeons and Dragons kids surprised Yeah, okay. I feel like we got an end to their story. They died, it turns out. I don't know. I don't know. I just, I kind of, I went into this movie as a blank slate. So a lot of this, I didn't know what to expect. I had no yeah. expectations. I had zero expectations. So, you know, it was fun. How about you, John? What? <laughs> Did anything, no. like, surprise you in the movie? I was just surprised at as how, I was surprised at how good it was. Yeah. I didn't expect them, like... I expected it at best fan service. Again, this is like the fourth movie they've made. I got you know? an idea. But they put so much heart into it and money that. A lot uh, of money. I, I was, yeah, a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, that's for sure. I was presently. I was, and none of the CG look, CGI looked bad either. Mm, I thought it looked good. I like this movie. It wasn't super surprised. dark. I was noticing that this movie isn't like watching the movie. It's not oh, super yeah. dark. Yeah. Things are lit. People are wandering around in the daylight. Like you don't see that a whole lot. Even like, the graveyard. 
when the graveyard was or, like or when they're going into the cave and the paladins oh it might get if it gets too dark you can hold my hand and they make the joke about mm-hmm. i'm not gonna hold his hand but i was expecting that to be like a scene where like you can't see anything and it's like they didn't do that this movie was well lit which we're not used to anymore in films i enjoyed it i have an idea for next week's show uh-oh what is I it will... oh no oh no i see it in your eye no you're not allowed to say that don't you oh. dare oh. don't you oh. dare oh, we'll get to reality god damn it we'll say it when we get to the end all right yeah uh... I'm, John, I'm was surprised at how good this movie is better than it deserves to be. Yeah, you're right. This is one of those ones that slipped through the cracks, especially with the way Hasbro has been for lately. Yeah, been almost suck. Yeah, but not Here's... only that, but they've been actively trying to d- literally destroy the Dungeons and Dragons brand. Wow. They're normally... Why did I ask that question? Continue. I'm sorry. Back in the 70s. No. I... <laughs> <laughs> okay, you get the idea of copyright and licensing, right? Yeah. So the thing is that Vox Machina or... Oh. Okay, so other people can make campaigns off of this and sell their campaigns, right? It's an open license, Uh right? They can't make a movie, but they can sell their own stuff that relates to this, kind of. I'll give you an example. JD, I'll give you an example. Are you familiar with the band The Dead Milkmen? Yes. So they did... uh, One of the guys from Dead Milkmen did a campaign on... What's the... Kickstarter... He created his own Dungeons and Dragons module. And then everyone, anyone who contributed got a copy of it. The last time I played Dungeons and Dragons was at my friend's birthday last year. And that's what we played was the Dead Milkman module. So you can write a module. A module is an adventure. So you could write an adventure and sell it. Yeah. And that's okay. Even if it uses monsters from D and, and stuff. Okay. And Hasbro is not cool with this. Right. Hasbro just tried we'll to okay. to put that. a new licensing in, into production, which meant that anybody who did that, that made a certain level of money, had to pay them a certain percentage of it. I understand that completely, actually. Okay. I know, but the thing is that when licenses no, stood I, for I, 40 I, years... Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get the whole, I get the whole concept now. I understand. Yeah. Hasbro has been... And they've been slightly rebuffed... Uh-huh. Uh-oh. Well, here's, but you got to look at it like this too. Is like, how often does Dungeons and Dragons get advertised in the year 2023? Probably not a lot, right? So yeah. this is going to cast a wide net, and probably you're going to get a lot more D and D fans because well, I'm not going to. But I imagine a lot of people who see this movie are going to be like, hey, maybe D and D is fun to play, but maybe not because it's not the Marvel movies led to a boost in comic readership. But maybe. D&D you is know? a different animal, though, because clearly you see this movie, you can go get the three-book starter set with the monster manual, the DM's guide, and the player's guide, and you have a piece of paper and a pencil, and you can play with a group. Yes, I could do that. In fact... You won't, though. Now, but, nowadays, you don't even need that. You can go online, and yeah, everything true. is That's online. That's true. Everything is online. Everything is online. You can create your character right online and then print it out. Because that's what we did when we played last year. Yeah, I mean it's all there. You yeah, but need, the thing is, you don't you need buy... those old things called books anymore. Yeah, but you can buy the you can books. buy the book. Have they done anybody? You can buy the books and you can play with a group. But again, Hasbro's gotten involved, and if you go and use D and Beyond, it. which is the website, you have to rebuy the books again in digital form in order to use them when you create your characters or stuff. It's really stupid. They own it. I get it. I know, but the way they handled that was a spit and piss in your face type of thing. All right. So what else can we say about this movie? 
It's fun. Go see it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wanted to say to the fan service thing, though. The idea of fan service is a little harder with D&D because, and again, go watch. If you haven't watched the Toy Galaxy I will. video, I'm talking to people watching, listening. On D&D, the toys versus the game versus the cartoon. There isn't, there was never a cohesive marketing thing for all that stuff. I think JD fell over. JD tried to is trying to tunnel. My computer, out my of computer the... got unplugged. I'm just trying to plug it back in before I lose oh. power. I'm trying to be <laughs> subtle and I'm failing miserably. Continue. It, it looks like you're trying to tunnel out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I finally chased JD out. <laughs> Oh my god! I wish I had thought about that to be honest with you, because that would have been a great bit to try, and I'm just, mad at myself for not doing slowly it. Slowly sinking down. <laughs> Marky Mark has a question. So, if I like this movie and wanted to watch more Dungeons and Dragons type content, hold on to that thought, Marky. But I don't want to play the game. Should I watch Vox Machina? You you can. It's a more raw version. It's yeah, it's not. Yeah, you should. Yes, I'll just say yes. Good answer. Yes, I was going to say there isn't like a lot of stuff to fall back on to do fan service for, right? Again, the idea is they come out with these modules, and the idea is though you take it and you make it your own. You play the game how you want. Your characters becomes your story in a world that someone else created, but it's still other than like the video games like Baldur's Gate and whatnot. There isn't a huge audience that has a nostalgia to fall back on. So I think that's also what makes this work. We they should can just take the world and write a really good story within it. Oh. We should we say we should also say that this world that they that the movie was set in is Forgotten Realms. Yeah. There are other worlds like Gary Gygax made Greyhawk and there are other worlds besides what's that. The, uh, Eberron. The... Eberron's the I think no, the other one. The vampire one. I forget what that one is, but there's all there's also Dragonlance. I forget what the yeah. name of Dragonlance was. Oh, Vampire it, Masquerade, that thing? No, there's oh, a module where, to, like, I was trying based, to participate. It's actually based on <laughs> a lot of stuff in that, and those modules are based on Bram Stoker's right. Dracula. It's like Dracula right. and uh, Renfield, right. and who's the famous ben vampire Helsing. hunter? Ben ben Helsing. Helsing. Ben Helsing. Van Helsing. Van Helsing's, like, you read Van Helsing's diary? for the diary, right, for the stories like, like, from well, the modules. Yeah. 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 But the thing is that this one is Forgotten Realms. It was created by Ed Greenwood, who also wrote a lot of stories based in it. And it's also where one of the largest D&D book series ever occurs, the Dritz Duorden series, who is a dark elf. And there's a whole story behind that too. And that was by, I forget the author's name. And I don't know why, because Salvatore, R.A. Salvatore. Oh, R.A. Salvatore, yeah, Don mentioned him earlier. Yeah, R.A. Salvatore is, is he's a god amongst before the D and D rabbit. Before we go down another D and D rabbit hole with John, please, no, I won't go. I, that's please. all. I just wanted to mention that. Like, so let's wrap this one up. Okay, let's go around. Let's give a score, one through ten lances, and your final thoughts on the movie. And JD, you can go first. Man, I got none of the. I have none of the appreciation for this lore in this. It's more than a world. It's this entire thing that you guys do. I just enjoyed the movie that I saw. And it was a lot of fun. It was well acted. It was well written. <clears throat> it was a it was a good time at the movies. And it was nice to see something that I don't have expectations into. Yeah, go see it. it was, um, I give it 8 out of 10. All right. John, can you keep this short? No. 
That's my line. I can keep it short. Um, if you want to watch a Dungeons and Dragons movie that's more entertaining than watching Jeremy Irons show on the scenery <laughs> in the original Dungeons and Dragons movie, yeah. And uh, boy, he ate half the scenery. Let's just, he just went hog wild. This is the movie you want to see. This is the Dungeons and Dragons movie that all of the fans have been waiting for for decades. And even if you're not a D&D fan, take JD's word for it. But it is way better than it should have been. You want my score? Is it nine? Yes. I'm giving it 9.5. Wow. Even beyond the fact that I'm a fan and I've been playing since 76, I just, yeah, I just, even so, it was still a really good movie in and of its own. Classy says, wait till Warhammer 40K. Now that's big lore. I don't know, Classy. Are they ever going to make that? I don't know if there's as many people who play that as there are who play D&D. I will say, I'm going to reiterate, I believe this is movie is way better than it deserves to be. It's definitely the D&D game movie. D&D game. D&D movie fans have been waiting for decades. Uh, special effects are amazing. The story has a lot of heart. I definitely was brought in right away with the main character and there's a lot of similarities. So I'm not going to go 9.5. I'm going to go 9. I'm giving a 9 out of 10. That's still pretty you- damn good. Yeah. yeah, if you have not seen this movie, you should go see it now. I agree. Uh, let's, see it. let's make sure this movie makes enough to get a sequel because mm-hmm. I think it deserves one. Oh, good for kids too, right? Yeah, good for kids. We yeah. had Andy had a blast. There was a couple slow parts <clears throat> that lost his interest a little bit and he got a little squirmy, but he at least 10 times he looked over and goes, Dad, this is good. This is oh, good. <laughs> so so he it. was in. I don't know if he's ever going to play Dungeons. I don't even, he doesn't even know Dungeons and Dragons is a game. He just saw a movie. He and again, he just saw a movie with dragons and having people adventuring and some girl who can change shape. And he was like all in. <clears throat> he's he's in. Although he has become a, quite the Pokemon fan over these last few weeks, I'm getting no, Pokemon he's got plenty of movies lectures. Then. I'm getting <laughs> lectured constantly about Pokemon. Constantly. All right. <laughs> I think I think we can then wrap this one up here. JD, did you have something you wanted to say about next week? Do you did you learn Bro. Oh, did you, did, I... did you learn anything this week and do you have any recommendations? I learned so much this week, but I'm going to forget it the second we log off. I have, my brain is so <laughs> overloaded with Dungeons and Dragons lore and content. I don't know what to do with it. And none of it makes a lick of sense to me. <laughs> and you've only glanced at the surface. Man. And I'm good. And I'm good. <laughs> I feel like I've I feel like I'm one of those Lovecraft books where I peered into the edge of madness and now I have to scroll back. Yeah. So that's all I got. No recommendations. Oh, I finished it again. I finished the audiobook of it while I was working on the floors. Steven Weber does the from he of wings fame, does the uh-huh. narration, and he's phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal as a narrator having this audible subscription i've become more of a uh, connoisseur of audio of book narration and boy it's gonna make me reconsider every time i want to get a book done to be quite honest with you because of i've had i haven't worked with a bad narrator yet but i've listened to some books with some not great narrators that have killed it right stephen weber should take a bow for his work on it it was absolutely fantastic he was absolutely fantastic all right John? Uh, shoot. Like, I had the name of a movie that I just watched on Netflix. Skinamax? Oh. No. <laughs> no. 
Uh, and sorry. no, a third time I say. Damn it. Uh, I can't remember it. Now it's not coming. It won't come up for me for some reason. Okay. What should I watch it again? Damn it. Okay. Yeah, Ray I, finally just, showed up. He got Ray got in my DMs and said, WrestleMania's in Philadelphia next year. Party at Dave's. And I was going to bring that up later. But yeah, Ray finally popped in to say that. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's a nice little laugh. Dave said, over my cold, dead body. I like it. Yeah. Continue, John. No, I got nothing. Just see this movie. It's a great movie. It really yeah. is. All right. I learned that I don't think I would play D&D with John because he might be a bit of a control freak if he's the not DM. A, not a control freak. And actually. he doesn't like paladins, and I love paladins. I also... We have ways of dealing with paladins. I also recommend that if you're watching this right now and you have not subscribed, click that subscribe button down below and, and give, us a, give us a comment, and, and we will be here for you every week. I also recommend men that you go to superheroespeak.com where you can find the podcast every week links to all our social media at the top of the page and comic book reviews by our good friend Kristen, and so much more and i got nothing for next week but apparently jd's got oh, a nasty idea i think we should review the film dungeons and dragons from the year 2000 i've never seen it and i would like to compare and contrast because i think this will help grow my appreciation for this lore that John has thrown at me or bombarded me with, it, some would say. It will do no such thing and it will only reduce your IQ. That's, I watch But it's got Jeremy wrestling. Irons in it. So. I watch professional wrestling, sir. Nothing could decrease my IQ any more than it already has been plummeted. <laughs> so I say we watch this piece of shit because we haven't watched a bad movie in a while and perhaps invite some friends along with us if they're interested. Otherwise, just the three of us. Hey, it's either that or Neil Breen. So sure, let's do it. Dave? Or the Mario Brothers movie. Let's do both. Oh, my God. Why did I say anything? It's also Easter next week. Oh, Why so we should, probably think about, we should probably think about... We should probably talk about that after the show, actually, because we're all yes. busy. But, uh, yes. I will say that... What's the week few... after? Hold on. What's the week after? What comes out the week after? I don't know. So Another perhaps week. maybe we do Mario next week and Dungeons & Dragons, the shitty one, the following week. Wait a minute. You say the shitty mouth. one, but that's still not... That's not specific enough. There are three. The shitty them. one that got the release because the other one looked like they were t- made for TV movies. Pr- they were pretty much released direct to DVD. I blame a sci-fi or something like that. Yeah, I blame yeah. Joey for this. All right, blame Joey. I don't know why you're blaming Joey, but yes. All right, so I guess go watch the Mario movie because we'll be talking about that next week. Do-do-do. On that note, <sighs> as always, thanks for watching. Don't let you keep caught in the door. Have a good week. <laughs>